Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 119, which are two films by a fantastic actor that was at the prime of his acting career back then, which is the early 70s. The actor, of course, is Jack Nicholson, and we are extremely, really love to bring these films. And of course, you guys know from Martini Giant, we love this era of the early 70s. Uh, so the first film is uh, from 1970. It's directed by Bob Raffleson, and it is uh, the movie Five Easy Pieces. Uh, and uh, it was nominated for four Oscars, and including Best Actor for Jack Nicholson and Karen Black as well. Uh, really fantastic performances. Really great film. I absolutely love this one. The second movie is directed by Hal Ashby from 1973, and it is... The Last Detail, and also was nominated for three Oscars, um, which is obviously Jack was nominated for one of them, and so was uh, Dennis Quaid, and that's probably the last time that's ever going to happen, and also features a fantastic performance by Otis Young. A really great movie, uh, really loved it, very excited about these films, and really amazing stuff from, from Mr. Nicholson that is uh, really, really great. Okay, um, you guys know we love this era of filmmaking. We know you guys love the 70s. This is a big part of uh, our guilty pleasures uh, at Martini Giant. Uh, okay, a couple of announcements. Uh, we are, are going to do a watch party for those of you who've never joined us for a watch party. They are a lot of fun. They happened uh, over Twitch. Uh, they are not part of the actual podcast. They just sort of happen at whim, and you just can join us as we go. Uh, the way that it works is that uh, uh, Twitch and Amazon, or, or Twitch is owned by Amazon, also owns Prime. So uh, Twitch and Prime are connected. So if there's a movie on Prime, you can do it as a watch party with your Twitch stream, which is great. So we decided we're going to do those things uh, with edit. The films, the kind of films that we think are good for this are movies that involve uh, some kind of a, a or, or really terrible movies that we can talk over, movies we've seen a million times that we can talk over, or just fun movies that we can all enjoy together. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. And actually, those are some of our biggest uh, uh, draws on the actual show, which is a lot of fun as well. So if you have a Prime account, that's great. If you don't have a Prime account, uh, or if that sh- movie is not particularly available in your region, we, you know, you can always rent the movie and we'll give you the time code so you can follow along with us. It's always a lot of fun that way as well. So just go ahead and enjoy that that way. So what we've done is uh, we're still putting it out for votes. So if you are a subscriber to Martini Giant, either on Twitch or on our Patreon, uh, you can vote for which of these films you'd like to do. So just go to our Discord as a subscriber and go ahead and vote for that. Uh, but the, the, the three movies that are, are the choices for this week are going to be Speed, um, uh, Raw Deal, and Howard the Duck. So you can see it is kind of all over the place and it's kind of fun. Uh, so go ahead and check that. They are going to be either, either, if you pick either one of these, it's going to be a lot of fun on that, on that, uh, watch party for sure. So, uh, to, in order to do that, just go to our Discord and of course you have to be a subscriber to be able to do that. But if you'd like to just join us for the watch party, that's always welcome as well. So just go to twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant and uh, that's where we will be. Uh, and it's going to be happening this Saturday, June 3rd at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is GMT minus 8. Uh, we would love to have you be part of our Twitch stream and be part of our watch parties. And of course, this actual podcast was recorded on our Twitch stream. So if you'd like to be part of the conversation during our actual podcast stuff, you can always follow us on our Twitch then. 
But for now, please enjoy the last detail and five easy pieces. Allagash Brewing Company is. I got it. This. What happened is that our our local our local wine bar uh, closed, and it was our last day, and they're getting rid of all their alcohol, and so they gave sick. Because the pandemic killed a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Uh, So they had all these fancy beers that were they were selling, um, and uh, they uh, they gave six beers for thirty five bucks, and they're like the big bottles. That's fantastic. Like the ones with cork sound. Just the sound. Yeah. yeah. Delicious. Mm, mm Hmm. That's lovely. Good color. Wow. What a nice color. It is a. This is. Uh, uh, raspberry beer. I love and uh and it's been aged in oak barrels with raspberries. Yep, that looks lovely. Mm-hmm. That looks lovely. Nicely done, everyone. All right, the champagne of beers. You like that, Jason? Huh? The beer of champagnes. <laughs> yep. I think we should use that as a descriptor for everything. Like, it's the uh, it's the uh, it's the Pizza Hut of the Four Seasons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay, listen, I know a lot of you uh sort of wondering, like, you know, just join in. Yes, we tend to chit-chat a little bit while we get rolling, but we are going to be talking today about two fantastic uh, uh five easy pieces, uh, two fantastic movies, five easy pieces, and the last detail from 71 and 73. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's five easy 70, pieces, yeah. 70 for um, 70 five for pieces. five, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, these are two Jack Nicholson classics from his... uh extraordinary and last detail run. is 74 isn't it yeah maybe 73 74 yeah i can't quit pin it but yeah the anyway these uh, these are the things that made jack nicholson jack nicholson uh, yes. all leading up to his crescendo of the shining in which jack nicholson is killed in and so is his ability to act <laughs> what about Pritzy's Honor? Remember no, that? I like, no, it's, that was John like, Huston's last film. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very good. In fact, I really love uh, a lot of Nicholson stuff post The Shining. I love The Shining. I think he's amazing in The Shining. Um, Terms of Endearment. Terms of Endearment. But he is cast for that, and that's what he does. After that point, this is what you're getting. And if you want Jack Torrance, Jack Torrance is available 24 seven for the next many decades. Um, but if you want subtle characterization, you have to go pre pre seventy nine and into mm-hmm. five easy pieces. Um, uh, one flew of the cuckoo's nest uh, and uh, last detail. This this is where he was still really. And also really the working. passenger. The passenger, yeah. Uh, well, it, that's a not Bellini. What is that? Um, that's what's his name. We did the uh, blowout. Blow Antonioni. Yeah. Yep, Antonioni. Yep, another great one. But um, but I like yeah I've always I always enjoy Jack but this is these two are a great sample for people who haven't seen the young Jack Nicholson um, you haven't seen him at full power I think uh, I think there's a lot of people who haven't seen this movie anyone in mm-hmm. chat tell us if you have seen either one of these films uh, love to know what your thoughts are I know several of you are on chat right now Jason's here uh, Alessandra. Uh, who else is here? Hello, everybody. Hatchet, Hatchet Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Good name. I like it. Kata. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he, let us know if we're doing. So if you're new to Martini Giant, we generally take a long time to talk about these films. This podcast is three hours. 
usually speaking, and we love to go into details about it, and we spoil the whole thing. So the whole our whole tagline yes. is, you don't have to watch the movie if you don't want to, because we'll tell you all about it. If you, um, if you, if you haven't caught up on a 50-year-old movie, well, well <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Exactly. So these are, uh, what are you, should we start with five easy, Eric? Sure. I say we start with five easy. Five easy That's pieces. I love the fact that there's so much weird mystery that happens in this, in this very subtle, strange. It's a strange movie. It's It's a a very strange movie. And he's a very strange character. Yeah. I don't see him as, I don't see him as strange. I I don't. Well, he's an outcast. He's, yeah, he's not, he's he's not strange. He's not strange in terms of like he's a weirdo. It's rather like you don't, often see characters like this in film like right you don't like you at that time it or really at all i mean having that having a character that is like peter really hey hello like he like jack in this movie is uh it's not that he's not likable but he's not likable he's he's also not likable um he's likable (laughs) because nicholson isn't is an innately likable personality like you like watching him but this is a really fucked up uh guy and not in sort of not in obvious ways and uh and like movies tend to like audiences tend to like clear reads on characters so you're like oh he's a he's a junkie with a heart of gold or like he's he would be good but his dad beat him and that kind of stuff and this is like a guy who kind of fucking had it all can't get his shit together and and punishes everybody else for it all the time you know yeah I think for me, I, I've, I can't tell me how many times I've seen this movie, maybe 12, 11, 10, 11, 12 times in my life. I really love this movie. I feel like it's not so much that he is um, fucked up. He realizes he's a disappointment to his family, particularly his father. And you got to realize if there's like, really 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 accomplished father which his father seems right that knowing that you didn't make the grade you react in many ways you either Mm -hmm. will take drugs and know you're a failure right but he skirts the line he skirts the line between the complete reverse um until he's discovered and he escapes so it's it's just his only weakness is that he runs from his problems rather than just it's a very realistic reaction to his situation and that the movie makes me feel empathy for someone that if i met him i'd not like him you know uh makes like this is what we he always talk about hates other people though he, resents he doesn't other hate people. Other... he resents other people he no, resents he himself resent other people <clears throat> yeah i don't think he doesn't resent or hate other people i mm-hmm. think he um he probably hates the feeling he has knowing that he's a disappointment in life so really he just hates himself he hates himself, right? And yeah, so like, and he he doesn't hate other people. He and that's projects what, if that he hated out other onto people, other people. He would not go back. He, he punishes to, other people for his. He own punishes actions. other yes. people because yes. he's a child because he came from a prominent family. Right. But we and didn't know that, right? That's the thing yeah. that's so the, weird. The opening about of the movie is he works on an, on an oil field. He works in on Texas. an oil field, right? <laughs> we, in, not in Texas. He's working in Kern in Kern uh, Valley in the in the in okay, the valley. yeah, sure. Yeah. And so like he's got like he and he's even putting on like a southern accent around right. his friends and his girlfriend that, and all this stuff, right? Like so she's like, I, well, I don't know, blah 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 blah, you right. know. And then at some point he gets pissed off enough to yell at his girlfriend Karen Black, 
And then the, the and he just drops the accent. He's just like, I'm just not going to fucking bullshit my way through this anymore. But he's putting on a he's putting on a show so he can be somebody else. And that's no, it. I don't think he's trying to be somebody else. I think he's escaping. Yeah, he's, well, escaping. he's escaping. Right? He's, he's escaping. Like, and he doesn't want any part out. of who he was. Right. Right. No. He doesn't want the resp- he doesn't want the responsibility that his family is putting on him. Nope. Right? And I personally feel like he is he does not know how to deal with the fact that and it just goes to succession. Succession is the same thing. They all know <laughs> that they will never be like their father. The right. shadow is too strong. But they still keep up appearances and make moves ahead. Jack Nicholson, his role, he doesn't move ahead. He just goes back down to the gutters or what he considers people lower. And you realize that because he calls his apparent friend while they're sitting having lunch. He's a hick. Yeah. A hick. Yeah. And so he has disdain for them. Yeah. And he's a snob. But at the same time, he realizes it's not their problem. It's his problem. Well, the, right. this is what this is what I mean. It's like he like what he does is like he there's no place where he can feel um, safe to himself. Like he can't feel safe at home. He can't feel him like he's not, if he's himself there, then he hates himself and everyone around him. Everyone all agrees with him. Right. Yeah. He goes to work on an oil rig with people that he can that because of how he was raised. He's like, these people are so far beneath me. Maybe that's where I'll find some, um, uh, confidence. Like, because I'm above them, I should be able to feel comfortable. He doesn't, you know, he's, he's carrying, he's carrying the self-hatred with him everywhere. And so like, he treats his girlfriend like shit. And then like when he's on the road and they go to a diner, right. That he treats the waitress like shit because his girlfriend is also a waitress. So he's just like, I have disdain for you. So I, have I don't know that that's what he does specifically. I, I don't think, think I, I don't think, I don't think, I, it's, I, a, I don't I, think it's a surprise I, that he treats her waitress. Like I she is explicitly showing the waitress. He treats her like shit. He wants what he wants because <laughs> everybody <laughs> to him is stupid. The, the waitress is scene is, is, is hilarious because oh, he, the waitress it, it was is, very rude too. It, absolutely. Like it's like, I, I'm not like it doesn't, it's in the movie isn't saying, isn't agreeing or disagreeing with it. Well, with her, but like oh, with him, brother, like it is just saying like, the, here is another person like he is triggered by who this is, not by the fact because everyone's a douchebag like right. to him. Everyone is equally fucking useless, but he he lets his anger out more easily with this waitress woman who's controlling his life. But in that moment, right. because that's the life that he's also chosen at home. Like, it's just like, I yell at people who are like my mom. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's right. like, this is the, sim- this is the simpleness of his condition. You right. know, like he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, face anything in himself and he just dumps it out on other people and then leaves. And he right. does this like nine times in the movie. He doesn't take any responsibility for any of this stuff. You know, he's fully aware of it and he even, he even vocalizes it and still doesn't do anything about it. Yeah, so like he's like he is a he, this is what I mean when he's a he's a weird character to watch because like this kind of character is you wouldn't even get this through the first phase of development even for streaming. Today. No, I mean we've called we've said this you know many times. Like one of the we we talk we've been talking about how many movies would never get made that are celebrated, right? Yeah. Midnight Cowboy is another yeah. one, you know. Uh, and, uh, but we were, we were actually thinking about doing a comedy, which we may do at, at some point. We we're going to do, uh, a pairing of comedies. And I think we were going to, we're thinking about doing, uh, Blazing Saddles and Tropic Thunder, which is a very recent film that would never go today. 
Right. And these, I mean, the, the, a lot of what we've mentioned is because of like subject matter stuff, because people need very, uh, sensitive. Cle- very, well, they, they, they prefer to know very clearly what something is saying. And when things ride the line, like Tropic Thunder does, it makes mm-hmm. them very uncomfortable and worried about how they look for liking it. So they, well, they, just look at it's that just New Yorker throw it out critic now. that you keep. Oh my bashing. gosh. Don't get me started on that guy. It goes on for an hour. But like, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think that that's, that's really the case with this. Like, there's nothing particularly offensive in any of the topics that get covered in either of these movies, really. Um, but it's the idea of, uh, being asked to empathize with a character that is sort of irredeemable and self-destructive is something we just can't uh, get in touch with today. Like, I think that audiences have a real hard time with that. And also I want to point out that uh, Peter uh, called, uh, said uh, very, very smart point you just raised, Eric. And I do, I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, this is like the, like this has to do with his reaction to how he is, how he is raised, the environment he is raised in. Which is alienating we to the sh- go, and he carries that through his whole life. But we should note, we know nothing about it, about yep. his background at the beginning yep. of this yep. movie, right? He's, the, he is an oil. We lawyer. are revealed only right. in the second act that he comes from a prominent family. Yes. And we it's really weird. Like, they don't even make a big deal out of the reveal. They don't even make it. It's like, what the fuck is going on? And we'll explain that in a second. But we don't know anything about his background. He just seems like an asshole hick, right? Yeah. Right. Like a, like a, like a, uh, um, uh, what's the, uh, abusive husband situation, right? Right. Right. And so he works on an oil farm and he's got a hick friend that he works with, right? And they both, an oil farm or an oil, uh, oil rig. Yeah. Oil rig. Oh, Derek, yeah. Derek. And then, uh, they collect their minimum paycheck or whatever. And then they go out with his wife and his girlfriend, his girlfriend, uh, Jack's girlfriend, uh, Bobby is his name in this, right? And then we learn later that his family calls him Robert, but he goes by Bobby, right? Uh, Karen Black is a very sweet, but very lower class, uh, uh, Southern girl who wants to be a country singer and has a sweet voice, right? right? And she, but, but she basically baby talks him all the time. And, oh, she does. She's yeah. just, she loves him. Bonnie, why don't you say you love me? Yeah. You know, right. she's like, just say you love me. But don't you notice, like, also <laughs> the contradictions, the fact that he was raised uh, traditional classic, um, classical music pianist mm-hmm. and is right. a family of, of protégés of classical music, and she just wants to be a singer like Tammy Wynette? Tammy Wynette. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just like, and she, it's Stand By Your Man. And it's Stand just like, by your man. I, that, I mean, that, that's the classic. Interest. That's the song, right? Yeah. She'll do anything. She will just. Yeah. The song tells me what to do. Stand by your man. Stand yeah. by. No matter how much of an asshole he is, you got to stand by I, your man. I really love this setup because it uses the audience's own uh, preconceptions against it. Because, like, I I'm watching Jack Nicholson as a hick amongst hicks, and his girlfriend is annoying. Uh, so I am like. He's an asshole, but I am also annoyed by her, right? And so, like, I'm thinking that, like, what it, what the movie is doing is essentially getting me to agree with Nicholson, you know, in this very well. The way, way you agree with Nicholson is uh, is that he's such a charmer, mm-hmm. and is um, he? <laughs> well, no, but he well, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, same yeah. kind of stuff you saw in Five Easy Pieces. You see here, it's like. Well, ladies, where he's bullshitting and just yeah, right. he can charm right. you, and that was yeah. his allure. And he does that, and you fall for it as well. You're he has like, a God, presence. Guy, right? he totally has a oh, he definitely has a presence. You know, and so like you, like you, like I'm, like I'm annoyed by Karen Black in the beginning of the movie, right? 
and uh because she's just like clingy and dumb and baby talking and like mm-hmm. you know so like it's aggravating even though like he's treating her like shit you're still like it's not like you want to spend more time with her right right uh and and like he just uh, but he so misogynistic towards oh he's fucking awful he's right go get me another beer you know that kind of stuff like Like he's such a absolutely demeans her the whole time right Right. and And she's a a good way or a bad way (laughs) in the really really smart and attractive way yeah like okay yeah but the like he's he's a he's genuinely a terrible person and then when it gets uh like then it's just sort of like he get into a fight and he goes to los angeles well, hold on, hold on, and, hold on. There's a couple, oh, no, of, a couple not, of, yeah, well, I'm before, not, not describing the plot, but just to do that, like the tonal change that's coming is that the movie just goes, okay, anyway, we're going to, like, now we're going to show you that he's in Los Angeles and he has a really smart sister who plays the piano. And you're like, what? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening? But, uh, yeah. But, for, but when we, you know, I just want to sort of paint the picture of the life that he has in, in Kernville sure. or Kern Valley or Kern County, whatever it is. Uh, it's basically in the Central Valley area of california but it's which is pretty rural yeah absolutely and so he's uh he's uh he goes bowling with his with all the you know the wives or whatever Mm -hmm. he's very disparaging towards his girlfriend who gets very upset oh yeah she's just having to try and have a good time she's trying to have a good time bowling and she doesn't mean anything exactly and she sucks right she finally gets a fucking strike on the last set and he's and pissed. And like, aren't you proud of me? And goes, great. You got a strike on the very last strike. Like, yeah, it matters. Exactly. Nothing but, nothing but Z's the whole time. <laughs> and she, and then she's, she's upset and she goes to the car and like, she's pouting and she's like trying to be strong, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's still just like, yeah, go home. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Fuck off. And then he goes back to the bowling alley and then two girls pick him up who think he's a TV star. One from, Sally Struthers. Sally, Sally Struthers. Struthers. Debut role. Or maybe yeah. debut. But yeah, that's the first thing I remember her from. Yeah. And they go, and he goes and has, he has sex with them a couple times, right? Yeah. Him and his buddy uh, basically hook up with the, the girls, right? Right. And uh, and the thing is, like, and his buddy's married. <laughs> his buddy's <laughs> married and has kids, right? So this is like a really, it's just a like a drunk, sad D- dumb existence where you're just like yeah the fuck uh, are you doing man like i mean this is before we know anything about the rest of his life right we're just like this guy is living in a hole you know right he's like he's treating his girlfriend bad he's sleeping around he's drinking like fucking fish like you know he has no and then he has the nerve to tell him to do the right thing yeah it's, it's so good dude like, right. i love like it's like this kind of thing like once you know well, where the character goes yeah. like that he is mad that she uh rolls nothing but gutter balls for most of her life uh, i mean game <laughs> like right. like this is why he's mad he's mad at himself and so right. he sees this in what she does and gets pissed and uh, so that uh, that that pattern just repeats in every single way like all he wants is to not feel like you're saying eric like shame from his father about his life like that's pretty much it like he's just like fuck i just want some way out of this and uh and i don't know the only way i know how to do it is to shovel it off on everybody else well so yeah and and i think by he's avoiding the realization that he failed and it's in his lap not in his father's lap yes yes and even when he sits with his father you realize he's like you know i'm a fuck up or you'll never approve of what i'm doing he's saying it's 
he doesn't want to change because he, for some reason, he knows it doesn't matter because there's, I will never be, uh, um, I'll never be the person you want me to be. Yeah. And even though others, and he gets mad at the other woman because she said, you know, I was really moved. He's like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And he's like, he has like, this is like, this is the greatness of this. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not what he says, but let's get to that point because in general, he says that because he's like, don't bullshit me. Because, well, uh, he's basically saying I played the easiest piece I could ever, I could ever remember. Right. Which is saying right. I'm much more brilliant than this, but you know, you don't have to bullshit me. So yeah, he's, like, he's more angry at himself because he's yeah, like, I this, show my talents and then I, I this, think what he's movie, actually saying, I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying, you think I'm brilliant. I think I'm worthless because I can't even play. No, he doesn't want to try. Yeah, he does, but he thinks he's worthless. Is he's uh, he, yeah, he, he thinks, thinks like, he's worthless, and he's taking it out of everybody else. Like this right. is the, this is the this is the case of snobs. Like this is what being a snob is. Oh, by the way, someone on our Discord gave a really great uh, a piece about snobs. I, you, I put that up. <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, that was, was you. That. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, that was a great. It was from Wisecrack. Great analysis, analysis of snobbery. Yeah, because yeah. I, I am a very vocal anti-snob, even because like I find myself being snobby all the time, and I like to kill it in the crib. Anything well, that's just because you're better than most people. Oh, but, yeah. but only, <laughs> only slightly in every way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this: this argument is the most brutal uh, 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 takedown of what snobbery is that I can that you can have, because it doesn't just pin it on one. Doesn't it? Doesn't pin it on class. You know, it doesn't say like, oh, oh it does though. It well, is I mean, no, very, it, it's, this is a very classist. Uh, well, yeah, uh, like, but like rather, no, I think we're, I think we agree. But what I'm saying is that like it pits, it gives, it makes it a personal responsibility to not be a douchebag rather than just saying, uh, I can get away with being, I like, cause it's not like he's, he's a dumb, he's not like a rich dummy who believes he's better than everybody else. He is a, a deeply and like deeply shamed person. Who's actually quite rich? Um, well, and he wants to punish everybody for it. Yeah, but it's a, like it's, absolute ego problem. I understand that. I understand that. But he's just some anyway. He's also just avoids anything that could be make him in any way responsible. For yeah, him. exactly. Right, exactly. Because like, so, even, even when sense. he's acting poor, he's he's still the same dipshit. Yeah. When, whenever he's in a situation that's bad, he's like fucking him out. Right. Yeah. And so this is exactly what happened. Uh, Karen Black explains to him that she's pregnant, mm-hmm. right? And then his – and he says he's very pissed off about that. Uh, and then his buddy so, – this was a hilarious scene. I was like, what the fuck is going on? His buddy gets arrested. Oh, that's a great scene. So out yeah. of the blue. So out of – there's so much in this movie that's like, what the hell should happen? They're working on the oil field. We're collecting their paychecks at the end of the day. He gets into a fight with his buddy over his girlfriend being pregnant. Oh, his girlfriend being pregnant. He says that right. you have to do the right thing. You have to do the right, right thing, even though he just slept with some girls yeah. at the pool. Right. He's got, no, you don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You know, Once you get used to having kids, it's really fun. And right. Nicholson flips out. Says, Fuck you, you hick. Right. right. And he gets he storms off. And he goes to quit to the boss. He's like, right. I, I goddamn quit. And the guy's like, I don't give a fuck. And suddenly you see these dudes just run out of nowhere. And tackle his friend. He's like, what's going on? Uh, Turns right. out it's the fucking feds that have been chasing his friend down for ripping off a bank. Um, a bank. Grocery, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> a bank probably or a grocery store. Or yeah, like exactly. It just fucking, and they just take him away. And you're like, what? What, <laughs> what the fuck is this? 
<laughs> and he almost gets in trouble with the feds because he tries to help his friend. Right. And it's really weird. Yeah. At which point then he just, oh, yeah. And there's a, there's a first hint that something, and maybe that's, that's where it happens, right? Is they're in traffic together. I love this piece, which is the piece Good behind scene. us here. Good scene. They're in traffic together. They're waiting and it's like, beep, 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 and, uh, and they're drinking while driving, of course. Uh, uh, and there's a truck in front of them with, which has got all kinds of furniture in it. And the, the, the car is completely stopped on the, on the highway. He gets out of the car, jumps onto the truck and starts playing the piano in the back of the truck really well. Mm-hmm. And this is the first, like, what the hell's going on? Wow. And, and he's not playing, playing like honky tonk. He's playing like a classical piece no, of music. Like Chopin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, right? Or Beethoven or something. Uh, and then he's playing the piano while traps going on and his buddy's honking the horn. And he's like, yeah. And then the car just kind of drives off into a. Right. A different exit. Is that when he goes to to L.A. or not? Yes, it's sh- it? shortly, shortly after. That, yeah, yeah, shortly after that. Yeah. Then he suddenly he's like in Los Angeles at the Capitol Records building. Yeah, and you, like it's it, and it's just as out of the blue as the guy's tackling his friend. You're like, right? I what? don't understand how how does the context change to this? Right. So it's like years later. What happened? And but then no. no, and then you see it's a recording studio, and you see this woman playing piano, and she's being recorded. She's a classic pianist, right? And she's playing, and then they stop the recording that says you were humming while again. <laughs> right, while exactly. I mean, she's playing very well, but she's humming out of tune yeah, while she here, does it. This is how you get a better perspective on him, because she is just as talented as him, but she's childlike or brat or can't adapt, adopt, adapt it's to exactly the real world. Exactly the same problem. Exactly the same problem. Right. 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 She is emotionally... Uh, she's messed like, up. Messed up. Yeah. Yeah, she's all of the, he and we'll find out. Like he has three three siblings, right? So uh, one of them her, is Mr. Walton. One of them is Mr. Huh? Walton. Is that right? Mr. Walton from the Waltons? Yeah, I believe. I can't even was. picture him. Okay, I believe the guy, the guy, the brother, the, the, the guy with the, with neck, the brace. neck brace. Is that from the guy from the Waltons? I believe wow. that's the guy from the Waltons. Well, look it up. Could be wrong. I trust you. Oh, that's let wild. me look it up. That, that's uh, yeah, that, that's like uh. I was watching uh, Inland Empire, and suddenly, I mean, I've seen this movie many, many times. But when I last saw it, I did not know um, uh, who uh, uh, what's his, what's his name uh, from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Great actor. Which one? Charles uh, Cronin. Hang on, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Terry Crews. Uh, Terry Crews. I didn't yeah. know who Terry Crews was, and suddenly Terry Crews is in the in- end of this David Lynch movie, and I was like. And like Gilda Radner's in, in, <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the Gilda other one. Yeah, exactly. Gilda this. Yeah, in the other one. Did you know, do you and? remember when Terry Crews, when the Me Too movement went out and he filed a Me Too movement? You remember that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, that's right. Yep. That's right. Tony Basil is Terry Gross. Is Terry Gross. Yeah, she's the one <laughs> that, that, like, yeah. Terry Gross. <laughs> and then she went off a great radio career. But yeah, the, uh, but so, like, the sister that he, that is playing she's a she mean like they it's sort of like a glenn gould connection right because glenn gould also hummed while he played and so like so they imply that she's really quite a genius but even the people that are recording her are (laughs) treat her like an asshole like well they're they're just frustrated yeah you're just like you're humming again again, all over again exactly exactly so that's wasting our time and so just uh yeah all that take has to be redone Right. And so as good as she is, like they're still like fuck this, you know. Right. Um, and she reveals to Nicholson like 
listen, I know. Well, you, she sometimes like, oh, you're here, you're here. She's very, she's very emotional, very yes, dramatic, very, right? very emotional to see him. And uh, I put it in the links, guys. Thank you. And uh, and she lets uh, lets Nicholson know that their father, who he hasn't seen in a long time, has had a couple of strokes, and he's really, really, really sick. And that uh, you should come. He's the Walton guy, um, and uh, and you should come see him. And he's like, oh, he had a stroke. Fuck, he's like, fuck yeah. I don't want to do anything. This yeah. right. And so, uh, and so you're so now it's like the movie's just like. By the way, Jack Nicholson is super rich. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> or, or comes from a prominent Come, family. Comes from a prominent family, right? Like there's a little bit as you as that unfolds, it's a little bit more. There's a gray garden yeah, like, flavor. Like it's like they're not maybe like they used to be clearly very it's almost rich. like some guy who used to live in Greenwich, Connecticut, and then we moved. Yeah, to Los it Angeles. feels like it's on the downward <laughs> slide. Like everyone feels like they're on the downward slide, you know. Uh, but it's very, it's very, very, it's very Greenwichy. It's very uh, pompous. I know. I. I I used to live in Chappaqua, New York, and moved yeah. to Los Angeles. And, yeah. uh, and so <laughs> he goes back to break up with Karen, like, uh, to get to a fight with Karen Black and is intent on, on leaving her right there. Right. right. She threatens to kill herself. Right. Because and, that's Karen Black and she's like, ah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and he's like, he oh, fuck. Almost leaves her. <laughs> almost. But then, yes. But then almost. he feels like, bad. So you want to come, with, come me. with me? Right. <laughs> and, At which point uh, she's like, "Yay, let's go!" <laughs> yeah. So she's like basically a child, you know. She's she like is a, a child. She is. Child. She is like a three year old, right? And four, uh, and four year old. Yeah, maybe maybe four point five. But the, um, but yeah. So like, it, like you at this point in the movie, like I'm as frustrated with the world as Nicholson is. Like sure. everybody, like Nicholson is an asshole, but everyone he meets and everyone he like people they meet on the road, everything. I'm just like, oh, this is the fucking, this is a terrible world. Like I'm angry at everybody all the time because they're all tremendously annoying or dumb or hypocritical. You know what just reminds me of? Sideways. Yeah. Mm. Right. Right. Same thing. There's Same a, thing. there's a similarness, similarity mm. to here where right. this character, like he's kind of a, a fuck up in every way. Mm-hmm. And but everyone around him also fucks things up. Yeah, exactly. Him. So and he's, he's like, like, it's almost like, oh, I understand how you're fucked up because it's yeah, a exactly. shitty world. It's a, it's a completely <laughs> like it. It seems like a reasonable response to the incredibly shitty world that he's experiencing, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and so they begin this road trip, um, and shortly into it, they pick up these two women on the side right. of the road in a flipped car. He's like, I can't yeah. just leave them there, right? And this is this is one of the weirdest parts of the movie. Oh, and, I think the, the whole movie is weird and then one. Oh yeah, way. but this is like <laughs> this like this this section when they're on the road with the two girls mm-hmm. is really like very random feeling, right? And yes. it's kind of to me the key to getting the whole point of the movie. Like if, life is just an unpredictable wreck. It is. It is a yes. Like this is you're getting a cross section of his life. Uh, via this and like a shorthand for what his relationships are like uh and also and i think this is why the movie hits so big is like this is he they are painting a a gradient as you say chris of class in america right and so they're building this sort of like they're actually sort of symbolically building out 
the American experience from the lowest class to the highest class. Mm. Right. And, and Nicholson feels incredibly alienated by every sector of it. Right. This isn't a movie where you're going to like an easy rider. Like as soon as you meet the hippies, they're like, Oh, maybe the hippies are cool. Maybe they have the right idea. Right. And this, you meet the hippies and you're like, Oh, I fucking hate them too. You know, like every, everything is abrasive. Like the, like the, the hippie woman, you know, she's fucking crazy and she just doesn't stop. She's like, Oh, the fucking smoke and everybody's blah. And you're just like, Oh my God. Like it's like the smart version of his girlfriend, like still annoying. That's right. You know? And well, they're uh, bitching about something else, right? Yeah. They're just bitching about well, something else. His girlfriend. What I think is interesting about his girlfriend is that she's all like, everything's so cool. And then like, no. Yeah, like her emotions are up and down. Right. This one is the, just like, yeah, just like 100% cannot stop bitching about literally every single thing. And to the, the point planet. where it just starts dissolving between her bitching about stuff. And you right. see, like, Nicholson's like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> like, this is just insane. And like, this is the, uh, this is the sort of magic bit of the movie is like, very very slowly and this ha- continues as we get to meet his family right i start to like karen black more because at least she's honest oh like, yeah 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 like she like she's annoying as fuck well it comes it comes up in that pinnacle scene obviously yes it, like, but, but so the movie is slowly getting yeah. to like i know you fucking hated her but she's the only one who's being straightforward with yeah, her emotions yeah but the thing is i see it as an intelligence thing where she's pretending to be smart, but she actually isn't. She's such a knucklehead. The way you did it with the thing is she's not Who, really. Which super... one? The hippie girl? Yeah. Karen. Oh, yeah. No, no she's Karen, Black. Karen Black. Like, not, well, Karen Black I'm not, is they're, not they're very smart, annoying. but intuitive. Yes. But the other yes. woman is. Oh, my God. oh yeah. This uh, is the faux intellectual everybody, hippie show. Everybody is dumb in their own way in this movie. Right. But right. She, there's Everyone's basically the super, idiot. super liberal hippie girl who's yes. basically bitching about capitalism and yes. about. All this other stuff, right? And so, like, it gives you a hard ride on this, right? And yeah, and like, and like, and so, like, and like, as the movie's going along, I'm just like, how is it that the person I enjoy being around the most? Thank you. Is the fucking baby talking, uh, Karen Black? <laughs> and like, who was and nominated just, for an Oscar for? Oh, yeah, she's terrific. Because she's actually, the most this, real and she's, she's a sweet person. Yes. Mm-hmm. In in reality, she may be annoying. But she's very honest and very. Real. I also uh, was it Suzanne Suzanne Struthers or whatever Sally Struthers yeah. Sally, Sally Struthers. Struthers Sally yeah. Struthers when she was talking about what her mom was saying uh, it's to great her. Little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, to explain that scene. <laughs> well, it's pretty because she's just like so. You know, I was because she has a, she has a prominent dimple, right? And so she right, has and scene. she was she was naked at the time, so they just yeah. had sex or something like that. Yeah, it was so also like, weird. And so, like, she's talking about her. And she's just like getting in front of Mike. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, like, you know, my I have this dimple here, and I asked my mom when I was little what that was, and she said, "Well, when babies are made up in heaven, you know, uh, God comes by, and if he really likes you, he squeezes your cheeks, and you get great big cheeks. And if he doesn't like you, he pushes down your chin, like I don't like you. Get away from me, right? <laughs> and then she just goes, "Well, anyway," and then she just fucking stops. I was just like, "Well, oh, that's the reason you are the way you are." Though. Right, like that's the exact. And how it. different your is mom that... rejected you? Yeah, and, but yeah, exactly, and that's different... the story of Nicholson. That's right. <laughs> that's what I was just about <laughs> yeah, to say. Yeah. Like she sums up Nicholson's problem in like a two paragraph monologue. 
Nixon thought it was it. Wow. <laughs> it's such an amazing scene. It's a great, like the, like the, like the, the, the hickest, dumbest people in the movie are the ones that have the, the most have, insight. They have the most insight. Yeah. Like throughout, throughout the entire movie. And that's why you like Karen Black. Yep. And it's, and it's really, really clever the way they do it. And like, I, cause like, and it, cause like uh, the road, the, this sort of road trippy section, right? It culminates in this, um, in this classic scene that everyone who, know, who knows of this movie knows the scene, right? Well, first the, of all, we should note that the, the girls say they're going to Alaska and they can say, yes. says we can take him as far north as Puget Sound, right? Yes. Which is right. where they're going. Right. And so like, uh, they're going to drop them off at some point, but right. they stop to get, uh, uh, lunch at this diner, right? Yes. And, uh, and like the girls don't even have like a clear idea why they're going to Alaska. This is one of my favorite bits. Like, yeah, they're just kind a- of on a, yeah, like, no, the it world. sounds like it's going to be some like intellectual something or other. And it's just because they're scared. One, yeah. Like, oh, I saw a picture like of it. Jack. It looked really they're clean. Scared. They're right. running. Oh, really it looked clean. clean. That's right. That's right. They, t- they kept complaining really about garbage. Right. And so like it looked really clean and I saw one picture of it. And then Jack can't help but say like, oh, yeah, sure. But that was before the great thaw. And, like, and just tries to fuck it up for them. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm going to shatter your illusions just for mm-hmm. fun. Because I can't. Because he's the it. same as them. He's the same as them. They're they're basically escaping life, mm-hmm. just like he does. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like with no real purpose or guide, they don't yeah. have a map. They don't actually. They know don't know what where the they're fuck going. they're doing. Like they Neither talk like they, they know him. what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing. And so like it gets to this diner scene, and this is the one that's always in the Academy Award clip shows and all this kind of stuff, where um, Nicholson orders from this waitress. Waitress. The waitress is already sort of you know bitchy to start with, but she is surly as hell. Surly as and, hell. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, I'd like to have, he describes what he just wants toast on the side, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, he says, I want this, but I just want this. Pot. Yeah. Like, like no, I don't, I don't want to hold the tomatoes, blah, 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. and she's like, hold no substitutions there. And she and points the menu. It says right here, no yeah, substitutions. No, you, you can get a number one. This is what I'm going to bring you. That's the way it works. And he's like, okay. all right, fine. Give, give he me just fucking... wants, he wants bread. That's all he wants. Right. He wants it's also a table of people who don't want to play by the rules. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so what this scene, it, to me, and uh, let me know if you think, what do you think about this? I think that this scene is sort of a negation of Easy Rider to an extent. Or like, okay. that, uh, like of the, of the, of the simple stand up against the man argument, right? Like the, because of the, the crowd pleasing version of the scene. And this is why they show it in clip shows because it feels really crowd pleasing. The scene does. And because he says like, well, just give me a chicken salad sandwich, but hold the chicken salad and I'll put the bread off on the side. And, and she's like, you want to hold the chicken. You want to hold the chicken. And he goes, I want you to hold it between your knees. Right. And she <laughs> fucking like fight ensues, blah, 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 blah. Right. And it feels really triumphant. But the mm-hmm. important bit of the scene isn't in that scene. It's the next, it's cuts right to when they're outside and they're all laughing. Like the girls are laughing about how he really showed that waitress, blah, 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 blah. Right. right. He's like, yeah, but I still didn't get my toast. <laughs> like that's the that's how, how the did actual. I, win? I didn't win anything <laughs> I didn't except I didn't anything. get my toast. <laughs> I had my big stand-up Academy Award-winning fucking scene, and I didn't get shit out of it. You know, and so like it's like you can you can put on your big um, self-important act about standing up against the man, but in the end, you don't get the toast anyway. It doesn't make any difference. Like trying is stupid. And, uh, and so it builds up that scene like it's going to be something and then it is nothing. And I yep. think that that really shows his, like, the cycle he is in in his life. Like, he, like he's hoping that one day one of these fucking outbursts is going to really change his life. And it 
None nope. of it. None. Getting on trucks and disappearing doesn't yeah. solve it. Exactly. Exactly. So like then we like they drop the girls off and then we head to the meat of the movie, which is when he arrives at his No. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Motel first. Yeah, go to the motel first. He goes to the motel. (laughs) He goes to the motel and is like, okay, we'll stay here. And then basically he's too embarrassed by Karen Black and tells her to wait there. Yeah. I'll be back. Stay in the hotel for two weeks while I go see my family. (laughs) Pregnant lady. (laughs) And what's an interesting question is who's he more embarrassed of? Is he more embarrassed of her, her meeting his family or his family meeting her? Right. Because he hates both of them. <laughs> I think he's, yeah. I think he's he doesn't want of her back. of them meeting her. Yeah, I mean she's yeah she's a dope. she's a, she, it's, she's she's a lot. Absolutely, she's a lot. Like the movie doesn't hold back on her being atrociously fucking grating. Like, right. Like she's got the fucking pedal to the metal all the time. And like, like you're watching this going, oh my god, I can't fucking take this lady. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he just dumps her off there and then heads to. It's it's Connecticut <laughs> to whatever wherever he's to going. Connecticut. No, basically, he heads to uh, he heads to uh, to Puget Sound, so it's uh, uh, you know Pacific Northwest. Uh, very pretty, very rainy. Lots of you know takes a boat to get to his destination, kind of place, right? So a remote, big, beautiful house that they live in, right? Goes in, and then his sister, who was the pianist in Los Angeles is there cutting her dad's hair. Now your dad is like pretty much a vegetable. <laughs> yeah. And and what I really love, I just want to interject quickly, is like he looks like there's a photo of him on the wall where he's like mm, and looking very parochial. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a very sort of mm, you know, like I'm in control, I'm the patriarch look. And right. then you see and you see him in the wheelchair and he's still making the same look. Only he can't talk or move. <laughs> like he is, he is literally the photograph. And there's no change. Like it's, right. it's just a presence. Just this. Yeah, he's like, got this frown on his yeah. face. <laughs> exactly. So it's like a weird sculpture of his father. No, he is what they the think scowl. he is. Yes. Right. The, why they are incapable of moving forward because his shadow is so big, mm-hmm. and he's this great man that everybody reveres. Right. And in real life, he's just that reflection of what they think in their mind. So what we figured out is that they're a family of musicians. All of them are musicians. But all. And, and they're pressured from his dad, their dad, who was a musician. Incapable of real life in some way, in many ways. All of them have problems, right? So we, we meet several other people in this, in the house that are involved. Uh, we met the, 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 the his sister earlier in Los Angeles. We met the father now who's got a stroke and is sitting in a wheelchair. Uh, and then we meet, uh, 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 his, brother his brother right who is kind of dopey he's a dumbass he's a dumbass right? and he's, he's dopey. a dumbass right in succession he is the oldest brother yeah he's he is like the the pompous uh thinks he's very smart dumbass so he's he, kind of clueless even though he thinks he's smart right but yeah. he's he's uh he's like a What's the, uh, like the Monty Python, like, uh, the twits, the, the twit of the, the year, twit of the, <laughs> totally year. the twit of the year contest, yeah. but he, but makes it even worse is that he's got a neck brace on. <laughs> I know. And so it looks like play violin. Yeah. Dude. Then I, my favorite bit is like when Nicholson walks in, he has like a really, what do you call it? A, a turtleneck, right? Right. And it cuts to his brother. And I thought his brother had another, had a turtleneck and it's uh-huh. a brace. 
Yeah. And I was just like, this is like, that's a beautiful bit of symbolic design right there. It's just right. like, yeah, <laughs> this is what this bullshit is. And he can't play the violin anymore because right. Right. he's got this neck brace on. And, this, and, and the application of this injury is very selective. Like, yeah. you're like, is he, does he really have a neck injury? Because he's like playing ping pong. Playing ping pong and shit. <laughs> it seems really convenient. For him right. to leave conversations he doesn't want to be in or have responsibilities. Right. Like, I, <laughs> like he can get out of it with this little whole like neck, neck brace bit. Sure. You know? And, uh, and so like there's, and then he has, um, a girlfriend. There's the brother's girlfriend. It's a girlfriend or is it a wife? Wife? Girlfriend. Yeah. And the I girlfriend. Think, I think it's a girlfriend. Oh, uh, okay. It's, un- it's unclear. They are no, close. Well, hold yeah. on. Let's check. But, uh, she is, the canny one of the group like she is clearly very smart she's aware that this is all kind of nonsense she and she's an outsider she's an outsider right and so there's a connection that happens almost instantaneously with her and nicholson right like there's an understanding that oh well he this is a big put on she yes which we'll get to their relationship in a second Mm -hmm. but there's also just not to forget there is another fourth fifth person mm-hmm. which is the male nurse the male nurse That's so good, yes dude. this dude is amazing <laughs> he pretty much looks like a bodybuilder from yeah. my, you know he's a yeah. big guy and he tight helps shirts shake yeah tight straight shirts yeah that's, that's such a zach galifianakis role <laughs> it's so good he's so i mean no except he's tall too like he's just a big person right uh and he's and he's a little little abrupt very abrupt, right? You think right. so? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to zero to a thousand in like yeah. a second. Yeah. It was like what? <laughs> totally out of control. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the the girl, because she's an outsider, because she you can sense that she's thinks it's all BS, right? And because of the way she's reacting to things, uh, Nicholson is like, oh wait, she she also feels this way. But she's not annoying <laughs> like Karen Black is. Right. So he's like attracted to her, right? Right. Right. Um, and so that sort of starts to happen. And so he starts to try to build a relationship with her. They, she, they sort of go back and forth, but she, they do end up sleeping together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gets kind of awkward. It gets tricky. Yeah. It gets, it gets very tricky. tricky. Right. Right. And because she is sort of like, confronting him on his bullshit to to a certain extent sure right? and uh well she's and, kind of full of shit herself and she is also full of shit like this is this is my favorite part about the movie is like right. she's not like a manic pixie dream girl who comes in and corrects his attitude nah but she just basically is sleeping she, with the, the brother. she's him she's, yeah <laughs> she's him yeah. from a different point of view you know this it's, is kind of it's, like it's like the theme from seinfeld when he falls in love with Janine Garofalo. He's like, I've been looking for myself this whole time. <laughs> exactly. I've fallen in love yeah. with myself and I just right. swept myself off my feet. I swept myself <laughs> off my feet. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, she is just as limited and hypercritical and uh, and failing as as he is. Like, she's like, I mean, about in the end of the movie, you know, he's like, so do you want this fucking life? And she's like, yeah. And then, like, it, it's expensive and provides me a lot of things. And you're like, right. But, <laughs> but they're crazy and you're not happy. My brother's a moron. <laughs> and she's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, but that's succession. 
That's succession, exactly. Wife, you know, she just deals with him. Yeah. And like, I actually, just to go off on succession for a second, one of my favorite lines from this season is when uh, the uh, the Cameron uh, Fry from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the brother, uh, asks his... Which guy? Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the the Pam. dumb brother that lives in the Southwest who's going to be president. Pam. He's from uh, Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Bueller? Day Yeah, he's uh, no. Cameron. He's Cameron. Yeah, he's Cameron. Uh, and he's awesome. Great, great, great actor. But and, Fisher Stevens is great at it. Oh, Fisher Stevens is also great. But uh, Cameron says to his wife, who is a uh, call girl, who is, was a call girl, or not, not to his wife, but to his fiance, like, I, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I want to marry you so I can make sure that you stay with me because, like, I think you're kind of just here for the money. And she's like, kind of. <laughs> it's more than that but yeah there's a security issue here and i was like nice job honest woman that's excellent yeah. <laughs> i really appreciate why hide that. why hide that you know and so like there's that is certainly at least what's going on with her um but like they uh he like they upset each other like because they just they find each other out you know they each reveal reveals the other's illusion because it's easy right. to just sit around and just be judgmental of everybody else. Right. Uh, and instead, like, she's like, you're a bullshit artist. And he's like, you're a bullshit artist. And let's fuck. Right. <laughs> that's pretty much what happens. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's then she's exactly like, well, that's enough of that. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm not going to shatter my, my ATM relationship here with uh, your brother. So fuck off. Right. And, uh, and, and so you're left with like this, the, the shape of the relationship in the family is like, it's so broken and sad and it's all because of as eric's saying like like the the center of the wheel is their father and the father is just absent yeah but he's well, dead he's, it, I, I feel weird, like he's it? just dead he's just there as symbolism yes like it's he's the, already it's dead the they're coming of together the, of, of this the, is like uh, you know the big chill yeah yeah like he's pr he is a ghost in his own house like he's still affecting their lives they have to he's be a together. memory but he is symbolic of what they're all fucked up from. Yeah. And like, you know that he was a devastating, uh, horrible narcissist just from how he looks. Like he looks like the, he looks like, uh, you know, he Chris should be Nichols? like the, the, the etched face of like a investment company logo. You know, he's just like, he's just ridiculously you know, patriarchal and everything. Right. And then, I mean, like, looks, the, he looks like a bronze bust. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, it's just, it's just, a, it's a comedy. And I actually is, think I know who he looks like. I'm going to pull him up. He's like, he but the, the greatness of the movie is just like, you know, it's just like the brother today. Um, if you were to recast this movie today would be played by say Danny Houston, like the very, very Danny Houston character, sort of like the, uh, intense, know-it-all dumbass rich guy. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, his father would be played by John Houston, who is the rich guy who actually knew what the fuck was going on, but because of that, was the most insufferable asshole of all. You know, and uh, and then you have the poor, damaged sister who's like basically like a little kid, you know, like a hyper and oh. a hyper intellectual little kid. It's the reverse of Karen Black, you know, and uh, and there's just no safe space with any of these characters at all. You know, and then right. the fucking, you know, the ex-sailor um, uh, male nurse falls for her, 
doesn't and then, fall for her. Yeah, like I mean, she she, she falls she, with her. Yeah, exactly. She falls for him, and then he agrees to this. And right. then he's the one who's beating up Nicholson in the end. Right. You know, just like Nicholson has, he's lower than the male nurse. <laughs> like that's how low he is in the fucking totem pole of his family. He's being yeah. beaten, beaten up by his dad's nurse. You know, like it's a fucking disaster. It's a total disaster. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Nicholson is both aware of all of this and is unwilling to change anything about how he acts right. at all. You know, so it's like, it's like you're forever in a car crash. It's like a car crash that asked, that just, Goes on and on and on forever. Yeah, yeah. But so if he goes change. I feel his thing is is that if he does decide to change, then that means he has to see. My perception is is that he works in the oil fields is because in his mind it's at least I'm working. I'm not some slouch. Mm-hmm. I'm working and I'm a productive person, even though it's not really what I should be. Doing. I think I think it's only because he just wants to pretend to be someone else. Yes, well, it, yeah. he no, but work like he's not a slouch. Like work is hard work. It's a, and, it's a mixture of these things. And so, like it's the opposite of the way he perceives his family, right? Yeah, but I think by doing that, but by not changing or wanting to change, it means he actually has to shit or get off the toilet yeah. and start using his skills and how he was raised, and he's right. afraid of failure. And it, it, this is you're exactly right because the, the the classic bit and where the title gets its, you know, it gets the name from is when he when uh, the the smart woman the brother's wife asks him to play the piano for her, and he, he hasn't pl- played in forever. Like he, he said, played he hasn't forever, played, right? right? And he plays um, like a Chopin or whatever it is, and it's like it's a, it is a, it is a simple but very very beautiful bit of music, right? And he right. plays it really really well, and she's very very affected by it. And then he mocks her for being affected by it. Like, yeah. it's just like. Because you asked me to play and I played the simplest thing I could remember. Like I used to play. I played it better when I was seven. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> like you're an idiot for thinking I'm good at this. Which is him saying that to himself. Mm-hmm. And But instead of saying it to himself, he takes it out on her. You yeah. know. And it like destroys the value of the music that he played, which is beautiful. And smacks her in the face with it. You know, it's just. It's it's just an embarrassment. He's an embarrassment to himself every single moment of the film, you know. And yeah. then he finally goes and he confronts he confronts quote his dad, who's immobile, and you don't even know if he can hear Nich- what Nicholson is saying. And it's one of my favorite lines. It's like the the irony here is that like uh, if you could talk, I don't think we'd be talking. No, this is everything <laughs> that he's doing is what you whisper. To the casket. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Yep. And that's yeah. what it is. Yep. And uh, he doesn't get that. So he's just going to continue as as he is. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so, like, as all this trauma he goes through, finally, uh, his, his actual, you know, uh, that Karen Black shows up. Saying like you know, no one was calling me. I ran. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, right. he goes on. He he goes. He takes the night off and goes oh, drinking yeah. at the bar. Right. right, right, and because he just doesn't want to deal with his family anymore because everything's gone to crap. And then Karen, he shows. He comes back, and then Karen Black shows up out of nowhere, uninvited, because she said she ran out of money, <laughs> and she right. was just sitting in the motel room all day long for right. two weeks. For two fucking weeks. What a fucking asshole, man! It's insane. For two weeks. Yeah. 
And so they all say, oh, please, dear, come in. And he's like, oh, God. But they had an and, ice machine. I don't know why everyone's <laughs> – What? Why did they complain? I'm sure she had some paperback She had books. an ice machine. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Karen. Yeah. Why did you do Karen? that, Karen? Where's my hat? Karen. Karen. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere That's with that. That's all the hat. money we had, Karen. <laughs> we are now cross-referencing to wildly <laughs> other movies. Uh, <laughs> like she shows up and everyone's like, oh, of course, come in. Right. Right. And, you know, they're just looking at her like. They're oh, not. They're, no. It's well, like, this is like, it's very strange. Like the, the brother mm-hmm. is trying to be super, super nice, but he's like. Yeah. What the hell is he's this fascinated by her? Fascinated. He's fascinated by her, but he's like, being unbelievably polite. Yes, to her. he's yeah, right. he's being he's being great. Like he's being a little obsequious. You know, he's sort of right. just sort of like, oh, of course, I'm happy to be very kind to Jack's girlfriend. Isn't this great, honey? <laughs> <laughs> You're just like you fucking prick, you know. And then they have like friends over and all. Oh, this that's stuff. the one. I, that's the scene I would just like just killed me. This is great. Take it away. This is this is one. This probably is my favorite so, scene. Of the oh, great. So good. They have. You know, friends over in a cocktail party. And there is this one woman who mm. is so obnoxious at the party. And she's intellectual just, bully. Fuck intellectual it. bully is a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Right. She's yeah. just talking out of her ass about stuff and just putting down anyone, anyone out there. And then basically points to Karen Black and just points out how under, like, stupid she is yes like almost directly at her mm-hmm. while karen black is like what what's happening <laughs> and and karen black's just trying to talk about this kitten that she loved that jack gave her right like, that's it like she's like you know what? i like kittens yeah <laughs> and this woman is just putting her down for being this hick and it's yeah. just oh god it's so horrible to watch she's just a horrible person that woman yes. that woman is the the stone cold comedian boy. she's the she's the villain of the villain of all the villains yep. right yep at which point surprisingly nicholson defends her mm-hmm. and stands up, for her. stands up for her and basically yells at this woman and talks about how ridiculous she is right uh and it's quite oh it is a it's a great scene and and when because he's like don't you don't you point at her don't you like and what and what does he say he says you uh you what you celibate something or like you pompous right. celibate right. <laughs> it's, yeah it's he does so yeah this is such good stuff dude and and I really feel like this is the moment in the movie where I really like that like I'm just like I knew I was right to care about some part of you because right. that is when you recognize the value. Of what you will really have in your life. Like as fucking annoying as Karen Black is. She's real. She's a real person who openly cares for real about actual things. Not trying to bullshit away with all sorts of intellectual verbosity. Like she's like, I like kittens. That's it. That's my line. Right. Right? And you shouldn't be ridiculed for liking kittens. They're fucking awesome. Right. And he sees it and he stands up for it, right? And he only holds that line for a short period of time, but it's the reason why I can watch the movie. Hmm. Like, this is where he literally saves the cat. This is his, or metaphorically saves the cat. Meta, yeah, this is the save the cat moment for sure. Yeah. It's the only one. It's the only one you get. It's the, the only, only one you get. He is a fucking asshole the whole time. The whole time. And so and then, is everybody else. And then he gets on a tirade, mm-hmm. storms out, Goes to see his sister 
mm-hmm. or who is getting a massage from the male nurse. Clearly, they're doing it. Yeah. Right. He's like, "Get the hell off my sister!" Get your hands off my sister! Get your hands off my sister! He's like, and he's a big guy. He just grabs Nicholson and like holds him like a like a like a five year old boy like about the yeah, he totally takes the shit out of him. And it's just so like in the yeah. scene here. Like I was worried for Jack Nicholson, the actor, because he is getting the fucking shit. Yeah, he's gonna pass out. Yes, like, and Jack Nicholson is not a big guy at all. He's a real like, short guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a real small guy. And you see, you see that arm, in the next movie, you realize how yeah, short he is. He's a tiny man. He's a really yeah. tiny man. And so, like, the dude has his arm hard around Nicholson's his head under his armpit. Yeah, like head and headlock. His, and is fucking jamming his knee up into his chest over again. Like, give up, give up, give up, give up. Right. And you're like, I don't know if you could even get a safe word out of your mouth. No. That's it. Yeah. Like, you gotta be, that's it. You might just break his neck. Right. <laughs> like, that's it. Or choke him out. He's or gonna choke him out. out. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's really intense. Yeah. It was super intense. Yeah. Super intense. Uh, at which point, uh, he, Nicholson then tries to convince his brother's girlfriend that they should run off together. Right. And she's like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. Give up. Like, why? I don't know if you noticed that family is rich. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you're you're the you're the black sheep of the family. Yeah. So why should I go with you? Right? Like, don't be an idiot. <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah. in this relationship, you are my Karen Black. So fuck off. <laughs> right, 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 right. And it's an awesome it's an awesome stage scene because like she is headed back to the house in traffic, right. and he's heading away, and right. they're both holding up traffic. Uh, both ways, and the right. cars are fucking freaking out and beeping. And she's like, "No, I can't hear you. Sorry." <laughs> but that's that's the thing, though, guys. It's like she stop. They stop everybody else's lives just yes. for themselves. Just yeah, for yeah. Themselves. very selfish. Very just selfish. For themselves. Yeah, it's oh man, it's a brilliantly staged bit. And like, so this movie is to me like it's very like it. Uh, I think for people today, like it's it's a very it's an abrasive movie. It's kind of like an intentionally awkward movie, the way it moves its scenes around and how it stages things. Uh, so it's not like a smooth experience film. Um, but by the like the ending scene here stuck oh. with me so hard. Oh, the ending scene is like you could not have done it better than that. It's it's so beautiful and it's so uh, perfectly shot, and everything yeah. about it is just like it like. It hung with me so much that as I was watching, I was like, oh, shit, I ripped this off for a story that I wrote. Yeah. Like, I didn't even, I'd forgotten entirely about it. The scene is basically like it, like it, the same things don't happen, but the imagery is all the same in my mind. And it really got burned deep in there. You know, like this, this sort of moment of choice in your life scene. And, uh, and it's also the, it's like you've never seen someone choose to blow it so hard and commit over such a long sequence you're just like it's not like he just goes oh fuck it like it's like a long scene where he has to hold on to this like, terrible yeah, idea like an addict he just yes. leaves he doesn't want to deal with any reality he just get on with his life and just leave her behind it's yeah. really sad so for to to spell it out for the audience it's the uh he stops to get gas with karen black He's going back with her. Everything's, you know, like the family's left behind. He's going to go and ostensibly. Well, yeah, he decides to go back with Karen Black, right? Go back with Karen Black. 
And uh, she goes to get some coffee at. Well, uh, no, they go to the gas station. Gas station. She she's gonna get some coffee. He he says he's gonna go use the bathroom. Yep. As she is getting coffee, she uh he gets out of the bathroom. There's this big eighteen wheeler like log carrying place. I think that pulls up. Pulls up, and. Instead of getting into the car, he asked the guy for a ride in the 18-wheeler. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, I'm going up to Alaska, right, mm-hmm. like the girls were. But they had the same thing, avoiding life without a real direction. Nope. Yep. And so he just literally gets into the 18-wheeler. The guy says, you're going to need a jacket. It's going to get cold up there. Like, I'll oh, I forgot one. totally I unprepared, up too, like them. Right. Yeah, no and, idea. And so saying. the 18-wheeler drives off. Yeah. She comes out of the convenience store with her coffee looking for him, waiting for him to get in the car. That's the end of the movie. And you see him driving away. like Driving away. It's well a single take. The the camera just goes back, and he just drives off, and she's just sitting there waiting for him to go in the car. And she's pregnant, remember. Yeah, it's it's just like... Like, like, it's like... like, That ending is like, oh my God. You spent the entire movie, like, seeing his shitty situation, seeing he understands his shitty situation, seeing that everybody in his family repeats the same fucking thing over and over again to the our own detriment. And then he has a realization, defends what he thinks is good, and fucks it up again. <laughs> he just like, can't handle it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just <laughs> devastating. It's, dev- it's, like, it's, like, it's like an even... Now, like one of my favorite movies ever is uh, Inside Lewin Davis. This mm-hmm. is like, this is the most abrasive version of that kind of story where at yep. the end you're just like, oh my fucking God, really? <laughs> Dude, how do you not learn? <laughs> it's like recognizing you're in a time loop and then just going, well, I guess I'm just going to hit the button again. <laughs> right. No, it's it's really astonishing. And, uh, and like it's a real, and it's one of the few times where like I would say that uh, other like and the one we're about to talk to talk about like Nicholson is also incredibly good in that movie but that is much more of a uh, a team piece than a Nicholson Nicholson show uh Nicholson mm-hmm. show right and uh so when we get to um well uh, this is not just a Nicholson show everything, everything well, no, all, all like, the characters here I, all the characters are very, very vividly drawn but right. like you're very aware He's still of still the threat the he is threat. a separate <clears throat> event yeah. right and right. so you really take time to appreciate exactly how great nicholson is as an just as an actor like with the scene with uh with his dad you know all this stuff where he is like like he's carrying a lot of um responsibility in this movie and he and it's all on him in every single scene like the other actors could be worse and it wouldn't make any difference like it's really it has to work for him and he is uh he's incredibly incredibly good in this movie and it's one of few like it's like we said that's it like it's like I hate being the guy who says they never make movies like this anymore, but they don't. They don't. <laughs> like they, I, it's really hard to think of maybe more than three or four in the past thirty years. Yeah. I don't know. It's really, really tough. You know, at this level where you're talking about, like this is a big release. Like Five Easy Pieces is not like some weird little indie film. You know, this, this well, big it actor was at the top fairly of low game. budget. It was it's fairly, low budget, but it's yeah. but it's a big exposure movie. No, yeah. like this is this is part of like the easy rider train, you know. Like this is like this is what audiences wanted. This is a big deal, you know. And you're getting like real, real acting chops from a major up and comer, and uh, and people wanted to see that. And now it's just like, 
I don't know if people would understand this movie. Like when when we live in an age, and this is okay, I'm gonna put on the old man bitching hat. But like when we live in an age where a movie on Hulu had to put a warning up in front of it because the it would it warned you against smoking, uh, uh, substance abuse, uh, nudity, and an unlikable protagonist. Where? Where what? This is on Hulu. This is on Hulu. For which movie? What? This is For a new what? movie that came out. New movie. Came, I can't remember the name. I'll find it. I'll put it up in the on Discord. But it was, and they I, have I to thought warn I had, you that I had the protagonist is unlikable. It. Yes, they had to, like the, the, this is an unlikable bit. Like warning, this is an unlikable. What has happened to us, man? And I was like, what the fuck? I can't. And because I, I heard about it, I was like, that can't be true. That sounds like it's made up. And then Snopes, and behold, it it's exactly true. Like people were traumatized by the idea of a character that had depth. Loss. <laughs> wow. I was just like, I don't know what you would do with five easy pieces. Jesus oh, Christ. God. <laughs> like that dude is a comparative monster compared to whatever else you're watching on. Hulu, yeah, I promise. Or easy rider or, or easy rider or any of this stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so like, that's the, like, the, that's the, like, or that Godfather, just like God. Brady had a problem. Know, Jesus Christ, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like Godfather is, Godfather 1 and 2 is like five. About this movie? Yeah, no, like, yeah, it's like, like, no, like, uh, I think the wait. problem with Godfather is people think that Michael Corleone is a good person the whole time. <laughs> he, it's about him not being one. I know. It's about but, becoming a bad guy. That's all I did. I bet you some people think he's a great person. Uh, brother. Well, that's the, it's just like all the people who Because leadership guy. is taking a different kind of role. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, like, and it's that's getting perceived away with as you have right. to do it that yeah. way. Yeah, well, it's like it's like everyone who uh, like like gang like gangs lo- gangs of all stripes love uh, uh, what do you call it Scarface, like Tony Montana and Scarface, and they were a Scarface bling. And Scar- I'm just like that guy's bad news. That's the point of the movie. He's a yeah. villain. He is a he's a cokehead villain who kills people and gets his sister killed. Spoiler. Yeah, he's a badass. He's no, he is he is not a badass. <laughs> he is the opposite. He is an ass. He is simply an ass. But, uh, mm. but yeah, I think that that's, I think I'm, I don't know why that, I don't know why this is. I don't know why we're at this point. Uh, but I think that a movie like this would be. I think we've got to, you know, we're offended by everything. Everyone's offended by everything all the time. Why? Why is this? Is everyone because, just because they want the, the, that's what we do. You go on social media and you just yell at the other side. And so you just are looking for But I think Dan's asking why do you, why do they choose to do that? Yeah, because that makes you feel like you're a better person for yelling at other people. So, so you like you're projecting your yes. problems onto other people. Yes, yes. A la Jack Nicholson in this movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. So it seems like it'd be a good movie for people to watch because it would be revealing, right? Or, or like that woman at the cocktail party. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, she is. I don't know that actor is, but man, oh man, she. That's a that's a meal. That that seems yeah, like a meal. I've I've met people like that who are oh. just the I do a podcast with somebody. I've what? been people uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know if I, I don't know if you saw this I put up on uh, on Twitter, but uh I I rewatched uh, Tar yet again uh mm-hmm. with uh uh with Anne. Love that. I mean I'm obsessed with Tar. Tar is incredible. So Tar is a Tar is an example of a movie where it's like a hateful make, uh, protagonist that is uh, big warning on Hulu. Do yeah, not exactly. watch this movie if you exactly. w- well, don't want to get offended by characters that are portrayed <laughs> as bad people. Sometimes yeah. when that stuff comes up, they're like, you know, nudity, smoking, and 
profound. I'm like, God, that's all the good stuff. That's it. Like, I look at that you shit know? like, is that advertising? Nudity. Now, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, because actually, five, uh, 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 the last detail had almost didn't get released because of the profanity in it. Oh, yeah. There's a, I have some good bit about that, too. Go, yeah, like, just the, that. So yeah well, hold it. But, the, uh, but, but, but before, uh, we went crazy. That's, how about this? That's fucking retarded. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is like this, like I said, like about, uh, about tar. Sorry, um, but yeah, like, that's, like, all those yeah. words can't you can't say anymore. Well, the, the thing is, like, um, my, the short form of my opinion on that Sorry, stuff, right? Guys. And it's like that I that I I agree that these were like pick pick your word or like, whatever the word is. Like, I agree, word X is very offensive, and but the idea of uh, never being able to say it, even in reference to someone else who has said it, like that we that we hide it so thoroughly sharpens the word and makes it much more dangerous to say right makes it makes it infinitely more which is uh, the mel brooks the mel brooks thing is like yes. if we make fun of hitler yes then we're that be, is useful that's like, useful as opposed to pretending that we can't say hitler you know? you can't say but charlie that. chaplin did the right. same thing in one of the most beautiful and moving fucking movies ever seen is a slapstick comedy against hitler like it's incredible and like like and charlie yeah, chaplin like the producers yeah, like the producers as well. Exactly. No, 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 no. But no, but when, City uh, uh, Chaplin, yes. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about the Great Dictator, and yeah, the Great, great dictator, dictator was just a slapstick comedy all the way through, um, in which he plays both a, a good guy, uh, a good guy, and Hitler. Um, uh, like Hitler's drawn as an idiot, and this was, you know, while World War II is going on, <laughs> like while the Nazis are actual literal Nazis, not just like we hate these fucking. Well, jerks. wait, it was thirty nine or forty. It's yeah. It's while World War World War Two is going on before the Americans get involved. It's basically right, made to right. get the Americans involved, right? And it's a it's an extremely funny movie. And because they are because they're slapstick about it, and then ended on a very very serious note, and one of the most beautiful speeches ever written for film. Like it's incredibly motivating and and uh, and very very useful. And so like they like this kind of stuff. Like when you when you try to hide uh, dangerous material, it becomes more dangerous. Like don't don't like oh, be open about things and say things out loud so that they don't get more and more frightening and sharp. Like yeah, and uh, and I think that we're afraid to do that, and it only gets worse. So like the so uh, like where were we going with this? I was what about was to finish up my bit tar, on tar. The tar. So, tar. so uh, when I saw our tar then ends like because I was laughing my ass off because I think tar is fucking hysterically funny. Right. And she's like, I think I get it. You love tar. Because it's like a super serious version of Alan Partridge. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly correct. Pretty like, good. <laughs> like, like this is an absolute caricature of the worst, most embarrassing things that I have ever done in my life laid out in front of me as a warning to be aware that I might do them when I am self-serious. Like, that's a good thing to see. It's a healthy thing to see. So seeing five easy pieces like i think is a healthy thing to do especially now yeah by the way i should i don't know if i put it on our on our founders section of our discord but i put a link in there but it was a video that someone sent on and he said this is a fascinating video and i got a, and it's a video from 19 or a, a, a clip from 1958 where a forensic psychologist is talking about racial discrimination Mm. And it is shocking 
how we are still in the exact same it's position same, that you talk same, about. Same but thing, sure. I got to warn you, when you watch it, the language uses words that are yeah, they would be very up. offended today yeah, and as, sure. you, as they were in. But it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it was just um, – uh, um, I was really nervous to watch it, and I just couldn't stop. I couldn't yeah. turn away. But it's I, – I mean, I didn't – I only put it on our section because – I was nervous that someone would get offended by me putting it up because well, of yeah, yeah, this is and, and this is just like, like oh, it's really hard. Thing is, yeah. like I, I don't want to, hurt, I never want to hurt anyone's feelings or actually deeply offend anybody. Like I have right. to be, like I have to be, you got to be respectful. Yeah. I got to be respectful, and so like I'm always going to err on being on the side of being respectful. Sure. But just as a as a general commentary, like I think that we have gotten ourselves into quite, um, we backed ourselves into a corner where. It's no longer, uh, it's hard to talk about things you need to talk about, <laughs> like, right. because the language and everything becomes so limited and the subject matter becomes so limited, um, that we can't even criticize ourselves because mm -hmm. we're, we're too worried about, um, upsetting each other. And like, that's how shit gets really, really bad. Like you need to be able to be open and truthful about things. And sometimes that hurts people's feelings. Like that's how it goes. You know, like you can't, you can't just, you know, expect to be the good guy all the time. Like you're going to make mistakes and you need to be able to talk about that and see that uh, stuff. And so that's when, because we talk about it all the time, it's just like Dan really likes movies with bad, bad people as lead characters. And it's because of that very fact. Like, I think that it's, it's the healthiest thing in the world to watch this kind of material. Like it's bad to watch exclusively heroic self-celebratory stuff. Like it's That's bad what for been you. Doing ever since nine eleven. Yeah, it is. It is poisonous to you to do that. It's good. Well, to have no, a I take. Bit. I take that back. Tar got me. So yeah, Tar got me. And there's still examples. We just want yeah. more. That's all. All right. I had a couple of things I want to wrap up on this film. This film obviously was really well celebrated. Came out in 1971. Uh, a great year to be born. Um, and Very also uh, the uh, nominated for three or four Oscars. Uh, nominated for Best Picture, nominated for Best Actor by Jack Nicholson, nominated for Best a Actress in a Supporting Role by Karen Black, and nominated for uh, Best Writer, uh, which was uh, Bob Raffleson. The director. Mm -hmm. uh, the director. <laughs> Bob Raffleson, the director. Who yeah. just died recently. Uh, and also, uh, Carol Eastman was also um, uh, the screenwriter. Yep. Yeah, he had he had had the concept, and then he, uh, he described it to Eastman, and no. they worked it out together. Yes, yes, and she wrote yeah. it. They worked yeah. it out together. Yeah. Okay. But it's a br uh, brilliant script, brilliant film, definitely. Brilliant script, it's brilliant film. Crazy. Now, the last detail. The last is, detail is uh, 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 Dan really likes the last. Year. I I'm with Eric. I'm I'm in, in you terms like of the first two, one more. Right. I like the first one more because but I love had last these, detail. I love the I, I I do I like them both, but I was just like the the weird slips like his buddy suddenly getting arrested and then. Mm -hmm. Him suddenly finding out that he's rich and then yeah, oh, it's random great. stuff it's great. that just randomly shows yeah. up in the plot. It's just yeah. Wonderful. I think that in fact, like just in thinking about it as we're going through it, like I think that the 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 single and the last scene is like oh boy, oh it's, it's incredible. Up. Like the I think that the single difference between these two movies, um, in of terms of why I I in particular I love Last Detail, is that uh like I really groove with the director of last details work uh hal ashby 
Yeah. And like he has such a well, particular... Hal Ashby is a great director. He, yeah, he did Being There, Shampoo. Being there. Uh, yep. Yeah, like we, he's, he's... We've covered one... those two already. On yeah, the these, these are... Our... Like, <laughs> he is he is such a unique voice and he is such an incredible, uh, strange filmic craftsman. Like there's nobody who makes movies like that. And so it's... For me, it's like this is in, this is as good a movie as uh, as um, as uh, uh, Five Easy Pieces. It just has a particular tone and craft. You need to do the like. long goodbye. Uh, no, that's um, uh, Altman. That's Altman. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, but, no, that's Altman. But he did something around. Yeah, there he's Ashby. He, oh yeah, Ashby did, and he also did. Oh God, what else? Uh, another great one. Um, hang on, I'm just gonna pull these Cal- up real quick. Uh, Calif- um, uh Hal Ashby. Well, I can't believe people split? do not no. know who this is, but he is one what? of the greats. People don't know who Hal Ashby is? Generally speaking, no. Um, huh? Harold Maud. So Harold, Harold Maud. Is- Coming Home, Shampoo, um, uh, Last Detail, uh, Being There, and a movie that I have never seen that was up for Best Picture in 1976 that you cannot find literally anywhere is called Bound for Glory. And, yes. and it's supposed to be one of the great movies of the 70s. It is, it's gone. You can't get it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I literally was, I've been working seven days a week, but I was talking to my client last night and I was telling him, you know, like great moments, you know, just like, you know, how I started and so forth. And I was telling him, yeah, you know, I worked in the late 90s, probably before Sky Captain, so 2002 at a place called Title House, and I shared an office with Pablo Ferro, who was Hal Ashby's best friend, and designed all the titles for him, all the titles for Kubrick, um, all the McQueen movies, and he was a famous title designer. And Hal Ashby literally was his best friend. His whole office was like, he and Hal did um, The Stones' Let's Spend the Night Together in 82. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his stories, man. And that literally was his uh, best friend. But I, that's how I, he would talk about Hal. And who he was, he was with Hal too. Um, when they took him to um, in DC, that famous hospital, uh, that's huge military hospital. Oh yeah, Walter um, Reed. Walter Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, he and um, Dustin Hoffman and a couple of the people got on a private plane and took him there because he was dying. Of, he had cancer, and the sad thing is that he died like you know in '87. Yep. He was yep. Way too young. He, he basically, he made one more movie, uh, a, what turned out to be a pretty good crime movie called Eight Million Ways to Die with Jeff Bridges, but uh, he hated it because like they took it away from him more than halfway through or less than halfway through. And so it's just kind of like a shitty 80s crime movie. And it's so like, it's sort of a weird outlier in his career, but literally any other movie you can watch by him, it's total brain changing, incredible character material. It's like that. Super nice guy. He's yeah. also in the movie. Mm-hmm. In, in, uh, um, the last, last detail. detail. Oh, he's yeah. in last detail as well. He's, he's one of the guys in the bar. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah Ashby is uh, a great uh, film hero of mine, and I like I loved last detail before I knew who Hal Ashby was. Yeah, and in fact, I think I saw like four of his movies, three or movies, three or four of his movies before it even occurred to me that they were all the same guy. Um, but uh, yeah. at some point, I'm just like, this dude is like should be celebrated. Like, like you should also celebrated. note that the movie was written by Robert Town, who's Robert Town, very famous. Also known for Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, uh, Robert Town was very good friends with Nicholson. That's why Nicholson mm-hmm. was in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think he turned down. He turned down a. He turned down. Uh, so Nicholson turned down the role. A role in the Sting to do this movie. 
Yes, I had heard this. Yeah, that's right. Right, because he Robert Towne wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. And he thought it was too mainstream. He thought, yeah. yeah, so he wanted to do this movie instead. Yeah. Which is yeah. really amazing. Um, and yeah, that's, several... Uh, he, but he also... But he didn't do two Jakes. I think he yeah. did a draft or something like that. I don't yeah. Something about it. But he was my wife's uh, customer in Brentwood when I first Ooh. met her. Robert Towne. So, yeah. So I used to go there and talk to him about stuff. And um, I went to a lecture of his because he did his movie with Colin Farrell. So I went to this talk he had with everybody there, Colin Farrell and everybody. And uh, it was when I was late 90s when I started dating Nancy. And uh, yeah, so he was literally her customer. And I would go in and be like, dude, <laughs> what's going on? And he was, and my wife actually called him a moron or an idiot. <laughs> and so I was like, God, the balls, because uh tato who was nancy's partner is japanese as well business mm -hmm. partner and she had a dog named tato and they had to watch tato one day at the store so he was chained outside and he was like what a cute dog and nancy and Celine were like don't go near the dog he'll bite you okay what a cute dog don't, robert don't go near the dog he'll bite you oh really <laughs> well let me pick him up he bit his nose and like blood is like squirting all over this cafe and, it was, and she's like you're a moron you're and even his wife or girlfriend <laughs> okay. at the time was like how dumb are you they just told you and he's like sorry and everyone nancy and her partner are like you're an idiot why would you do that why would you do that i was like that's robert Town. oscar <laughs> oscar winning screenwriter robert Town. <laughs> but he was you know he had good stories, but he was also uh, Chinatown is one of my, absolutely one of my favorite. Oh, it's, movies, it's so, perfect for me. It's it perfect. was like a big deal yeah. to meet yeah. him. And, and talk that's to amazing. Him and... That's amazing. Yeah, he's like he like uh, and and in Chinatown, I think is the reason. And like Chinatown is also essentially co written co written by Polanski. At least Polanski put oh, the vice yeah. on him. You know? Yeah, dude, and they had Polanski and him wrote at Robert's house in Brentwood, mm -hmm. and. Like, apparently, he made Robert nervous, apparently, because uh, he would – they wrote at a dining table or something like that. So, like, he would be at the end and, and Polanski would be at the other end of the dining table. And they'd be typing away and then he would look up and Rob Polanski's gone and he's, like, outside at the pool area photographing some high school girl that just came back from school. And and he was like, you can't God. do this. What he's are you doing, a, man? <laughs> he's got a Polaroid camera or something, and he's like, pose. She's posing on the diving board. Oh he's like, dude, God, you yeah. can't do this here. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this may catch up to you, my friend. <laughs> Just saying. Which is can kind we of get a the, funny. Can story. we get one of the great films ever made before you are run out of town on a rail? That'd be great. But it really is Polanski's <laughs> movie, and Polanski, I feel, is the one that really put the voice in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I think so. But but that that being said, Town is is amazing. amazing. And last yeah. that last detail is my favorite script of his right. outside of this. So the one of the issues with it is that there is a lot of f bombs and mother f bombs. Yes, which happened. is hugely unusual for its time. For its time, mm -hmm. and so they were like, we can't. This is too too. They want to tone down the script. Apparently, they filmed. They did two versions. They filmed it two different ways, where they removed some of them so they could have a a TV version of this. Oh yeah, like they filmed they basically filmed the movie twice, right? Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, and, as opposed to doing the dubbing thing, you know. Right. Which I I agree is a better idea, like fucking dubbing except for the Big Lebowski is the worst thing that's ever happened. 
Oh. <laughs> I would say dub the Big Lebowski. Watch the dub version of the Big Lebowski. And I think the DP the- I read today, the DP uh, Chapman was the c- cab driver. Oh, really? Michael yeah, Michael Chapman. Oh, my God. All sorts of stuff I didn't know about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was, he's yeah, the cab yeah. driver. That's amazing, dude. That's amazing. And I don't know why he's – I think maybe because he was trying to control the lighting. I don't know. Sometimes they do that. Like in um, Goodfellas, the the um, uh, ca- the cab uh, driver's cop- Marty. No, no, cap the in uh, Goodfellas. Sorry, Chris, I'm going slow. Um, in Goodfellas, the Copa shot, the yeah. DP is in the shot. He's, oh, that's great. He's the waiter. Yeah, makes sense. So, he, or he's the chef, and he's yeah. sitting and filling out papers against the against the cabinet. Yeah, like so he can order. control it. <laughs> so exactly. he can, yeah. As soon as the guy gets behind. In front of him, the uh, steady cam, he would followed it. Oh, that's great. No, I always mix it up because in, in Taxi Driver, it's Marty. Um, Marty's he's the passenger. Is the, is the passenger. And he's very racist. He is extremely racist in that movie. Yes, it's true. And I would say uh, hatefully misogynistic, just to throw that on there. <laughs> if you're Spe- looking for that Speaking combo. of racist racist comments, um, mm. let's get to the plot of uh, the last detail. The last detail. So yes, yeah, so, so, and the the one thing I was going to say about the swearing in last detail yeah. is that Robert Town a great quote from Robert Town about why he was insisting on the language is he says that's how people speak. The, because this is when you have no power, this is how you speak, you bitch. Right. And I was like, that is one of the great lessons in screenwriting right there. Like, don't swear to be fancy. Swear because you're really saying something about the character. Like, right. this is this is the fucking state that they're in. Yep. So the story is you are in a, in a, a naval base, right? And this guy comes to get two, uh, two, uh, two naval guys, right? He keeps finding them. Jack Nicholson is in an easy chair asleep. Is he asleep? Yes, he's totally zonked out. Zonked out, doesn't care. Like, and then, and then the the other guy who's played by uh, Otis Young, right? Uh, uh, known as Mulhall. Mulhall, yep. Right. This guy's uh, a terrific actor. He's really, really good. He's very actor. good. Yeah. he's very good. Who's black, by the way? Mm-hmm. We should note that it's an important part of the plot. So. Uh, Nicholson is uh, Babowski, and then the other one is Mulhall, right? You get Nicholson's called, nickname is called, yeah, go ahead. Ba- badass. It's badass. <laughs> and the other one's nickname is Mule. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so they go to the, uh, the officer who gives them their detail, right? And the detail is meaning their assignment, basically, of what they have to do. And their assignment is that they got to take this guy who's been court-martialed and dishonorably discharged to uh, to prison. Mm. And they're in Virginia, and the prison they have to take him to is in Maine. No, nope. right? What? No, in, it's no, yeah, it's, 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 it's in, in um, Massachusetts. Yeah, no, I thought it's north. Well, yeah, yeah, actually, I think it's yeah, it's uh, I can't remember Massachusetts. Where it is. We're Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Anyways, yeah, it's like, Portsmouth, yeah, Maine. It's no. it's in the, anyway northeast. They have to travel quite a distance to it's, get this. But it's where Portsmouth Abbey is, the school. It's, it's, it, it says here, I'm looking at this, and it says it's at okay. uh, Portsmouth Naval Prison near uh, Kittery, Maine. Okay. I'm right. wrong. Okay. Uh, what? Okay. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's up there. <laughs> no, no. Let's have a, <laughs> it's it's in New England. <laughs> New England. Nobody even knows where Massachusetts is. I grew up there. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so it's up there. Uh, and the person that they have to – Eric is correct. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, so Peter's Peter's defending you there, Eric. Um, <laughs> nice. So uh, the person that they have to take up there, played by Randy Quaid, yeah, who is twenty two years old when this was unbelievable. Made. He's, he looks like he's a like baby, big lanky baby. It's so yeah. weird. It's before he went yeah. crazy and grew. And he's supposed to be like eighteen years old. And this is the only film he was ever nominated for an Oscar for. And he's terrific. He's, he's a, very he's, good. He's a really good actor, and he's and he's sort of adorable. Like he's got this sort of like uh, it's like very dopey but sweet face, and right? So absolutely. So this is like I know you think Randy Quaid now is like some he super right wing crazy person, et cetera, et cetera. No, he's just he's a little out of touch. That's he's all. He's Definitely a little out of touch. Uh, I but, love. Uh, I, you should. I don't. Scott Ross used to basically just troll randy quaid on twitter all the time did he really <laughs> oh my god and they used to get into fights it was so funny <laughs> that, that that i'd like to see that go, go to the ring i would if, yeah. if i ever wanted to uh, pay to see a fight it would be it'd be scott ross so scott scott uh, <laughs> scott's a very good at trolling people for it's sure. very true it's very true we love scott um, he's hysterical yeah, he's very hilarious. And he was a previous guest uh, for our 100th episode. If friend of the show, is this friend it? of the show? Uh, he was uh, he. Uh, uh, he was on our Apocalypse Now episode, if you want yep. to listen to that. No, it was great. Very entertaining. Awesome guy. Yep. Now, the other thing I should note is, uh, right. So they find out that this guy uh, was uh, 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 basically has to do eight years in prison because he stole $40. Not completely, though, right? I think he admits that. He didn't even get the forty bucks. He didn't even get, get the forty. He tried to. Yeah. He tried yeah. to, and it was from the, but it was from the charity box that was a big charity that the head of the naval base's wife was really into, something like that, right? Is that what right. it was? Yeah. And so it's like really over the top what this kid is being served to go to prison, and he's yeah, like ridiculous. eighteen years old, yeah. right? Um, and uh, and he has to do. And we later find out uh, that basically he's a kleptomaniac. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. So it's yeah. like it's like a compulsion problem, right? Um, and so forty dollars, and he's like, he's just he sees an opportunity to take something, and he takes something, um, which is an interesting and weird thing. Uh, but so these two guys grab him, and they realize they have a full week to get from Virginia up to. The naval base in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, they start off with him handcuffed. They get on a train, and they decide that yeah, you're not going to run away, right? They take the handcuff because he just looks like a yes, like a little kid, like yeah. a little kid, a big that, little kid, a big lumbering Frankenstein little kid. Yeah, like v- lumbering Frankenstein little kid, and then Nicholson just looks like so small compared to him. He's like this little tiny dude, and right. like it's so funny because like they don't even like like usually when you photograph uh, smaller actors, like you bring the camera down to their head height so they look a little more average height. And they don't do that in this; they're constantly putting the camera like up here, and Nixon's like at the bottom of the frame, like this, like right. really like little little tiny guy. So they also realize they have you know have per diems and a full week to get there. It's like, well, let's take our time getting up there. Let's, and so they start to get friendly with this guy, the kid, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, let's stop in Washington D.C. Right. And uh, first thing we'll do is like we'll go to a diner and get a burger, right? 
and uh, he orders a burger a certain way, and they don't give it to him that way. Yeah, they just because he wants it with the cheese melted around the thing. Right. Gives him the burger. Cheese is just like cold. Right. And he's going to accept it. He's just like, oh, it's fine. Whatever. Fine. Nicholson does not like this. Nicholson says no. <laughs> you, if you wanted it that way, then you have, I mean, especially the fact that his, uh, that, that this is like he's going to jail. Like he should get things the way he wants them. Right. He wants to sort to, he, Nicholson starts to like, I'm going to give this kid some, the things that he wants. Like he's yes. going to have a good time. It's right? just as easy to get it the way you want it, is Nicholson's line. Right. It's just, <laughs> I want the melted cheese. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, so that was, that was cool. Uh, and then, uh, the next, after that, they go to a bar. In one of the greatest scenes in cinema history. <laughs> go ahead. You, you <laughs> love this scene. Go ahead and say the scene. They go to a bar and, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they walk in and Nicholas is just like first of all as they're walking towards the bar so much good stuff in the scene they're walking towards the bar and it's just like kids going away for eight years gotta get him a goddamn beer and right. uh, Quaid's like I'm not old enough you're not old enough not old enough for what to have a beer shit everybody's old enough to have a beer <laughs> <laughs> ain't that right ball absolutely they go inside bartender's immediately apprehensive as these three navy dudes walk into the bar it's like middle of the afternoon and uh, Nicholas is like, uh, I'll take a uh, 30 cents beer for me and uh, uh, one each for my friends here. And the guy's like, and the dude just turns to Mulhall. Mulhall is black. And the guy said, and the bartender says, the, you know, the law says I have to serve you, right? Uh, but I don't have to serve him. He's too young. The point's to Right. And, uh, and Nicholson Horrible instantly guy. fucking gets up in his face. Right. And starts like fucking going and just screaming at the dude. And the guy's got his hand under the, uh, uh, under the bar. Like maybe he's got, you know, he's got a, gun a shotgun. Right. And he goes like, and Nicholson just goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, why don't you get your hands off that horse cock? Right. <laughs> it's like, how come you don't know? I don't know. It's something. With a little more bite to it. It's like, well, I happen to see a sailor get laid up the side of the head with that, that rod you got underneath there and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I'm going to call the shore patrol. And then Nicholson slams his gun down on the table and says, I am the shore patrol, motherfucker. <laughs> I am the motherfucking shore patrol. Dude, uh, like, big. the fight concludes. They leave. And they're laughing about it like this is the greatest thing that has ever happened that he confronted the bartender and they're telling this big, great big story about it. And just like when it was happening, it was incredibly tense. But then you see like they just want to fuck around and have a good time. Like right. they're not making a stand. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. This is not some big political move. It's not it's a big just... political thing. No. They're just like, wasn't that fucking great? <laughs> like we totally show that cracker what for. Right. <laughs> It was awesome. It's, it's absolutely fucking hysterical. So, like, I mean, this is essentially like the the good time version of the scene from uh, Five Easy Pieces in the Diner, right? Like, mm. Where it's like it looks like it's a big political stand scene, but instead it's just like these are like this is a kid and a couple of guys who want to recapture that feeling, uh, fucking around. Because well, they're, I, I think they're, they're career guys. They're, they're just career, career guys. guys. Well, they right. said, yeah, they even said it in the movie. It's like, yeah, they, they, they're stuck in their lifers. They're, they're stuck in their lifers for in the Navy. Yeah. And they, they have a free pass and a per diem to fucking go have a good time. Right? right. Like, let's just, let's just do this. And then it becomes 
about like as the camaraderie yeah it's a, as the camaraderie increases between the three of them it's like this poor kid's getting stuffed in the hole for eight years where he's gonna get the fucking shit beat out of him every single day like and he's seen nothing of life at all and so nicholson in another great role of projection is like I have seen nothing of life at all. I am, I'm a lifer and I am trapped in the Navy. You know, this is my prison. And like, he never says any of this stuff out loud, but this is what's going on for him. And he sees in him, he sees in Randy Quaid, uh, a young, an opportunity to have the moments he never had again, you know, Mm. like, and to, or or that he'll never have again. Oh, there's a great line that Randy Quaid says near the end of the film. I will get to in a second. Yeah, but, and and uh, so this is that that's the basic setup and structure of the movie. And like right. this, this is the first big joyous blow up that they have, where it's just like these are a bunch of they're basically acting like little kids with a credit card, and yeah. uh, and the and they're going to become closer and closer buddies over the course of this ultimately, you know, downbeat if not not quite tragic but downbeat trip. But they end up drinking beers in the back alley. Yeah, they got right. And then they, because they're doing that and they're laughing, they end up missing their train. So they have to get a hotel room. Uh, right. at which point, uh, they get into, uh, they continue, they drink all night. <laughs> and the all they do is just drink in this movie. They're just drinking, yeah, all and drinking and drinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like unbelievable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the poster said, what is the last, what is the, uh, last detail? It's 300 beers and a hell of a good time. <laughs> well, you know, they made that poster because the movie didn't do well and they wanted to make people think it was a comedy. It's a comedy. I mean, like, it it's is funny. Kind of, yeah. It's funny, but it's not, it's not ultimately. Not ha ha ha. Funny. Yeah. Like this is, this is actually a very serious, uh, uh, like not sad movie, but you definitely leave the movie going like, uh, <laughs> like that was that was heavier than i than it felt along the way right but they they at which point uh uh meadows uh randy quaid just gets completely crap shit-faced right yes. but it's, it's the first time he's ever really done that too right which was kind of the thing he's never drank before right so that was the thing I have to and I, I would be shocked if they weren't really drunk in these scenes that's like that is they sound yeah. like they're really fucking hammered off their ass right like that is yeah. not like that's like drunk acting. Like re- real drunk acting is extremely hard to do well. And I don't think you got three guys that can do it in one movie. <laughs> yeah. A I little, uh, a little, uh, uh, what's the, uh, apocalypse now kind of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so they end up going to, uh, they decided they're going to go see, uh, Meadows's mother. They want to go see his mother. Like, might as well visit his mother, visit his mother one last time before he goes to jail. Yes. Right? Yes. They go to see his mother. She's not there. But then they go into the house, which is unlocked, right? It's unlocked, right? Just pushes the door open. Just push the door open. And the house is just shithole. Trash. It's, yeah. sh- it's like, it's a you know, this booze uh, out. Uh, 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 hoarders kind of yeah. horrible. Like yeah. just empty bottles everywhere, just gross. Yeah. So you know this kid didn't even have a good. He did childhood. not have a good home life. No, at all. And it's like suddenly, like oh, and he's yeah. just you just feel so bad for him, right? Yeah. Uh, because he's really just the most innocent of so yeah. innocent. 
right? And, and like even that, like there's a scene relatively early on where he tries to run, like where he just like tries to like he. It's revealed that he's like shoplifting. He's just like n- he's nicking people all, clipping people all the time, right? And stealing he, like a candy bar from a tray, right? Exactly. And so like he, he falls asleep on the train, and they can see that he's got like stuff stuffed up his sleeve, you know. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, you didn't walk in with that, you know. And so they wake him up. And he's like, huh? You know, and they're like, you, uh, you forgot something here. And the moment he looks down and sees that he's caught, he fucking bolts and like, just like a mindless animal, like, and well, like runs a the kid lake. trying to get away. Like a little kid. And <laughs> just like, he he runs the, he's a little kid. And they never back off of that. Like, they, like, he doesn't like grow up and become a man in this movie. Like, he's as much of a little kid as he is at the end of the movie as he was in the beginning. Like he's had well, an experience, you know, he's had yeah. some experiences, but you're still like going to fucking jail. Is this really just an anti-war film? <laughs> I think that's part it's of it. It's an anti-military film. Well, it's and an anti-war will... film, meaning. Well, they talk about kids. When... Yeah, there's just kids. Like look what we're doing. We're sending, we're just fucking sending them off, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that one of the, like filmmaking was the one of the most beautiful things about this movie and the most subtle things about this movie is that like all great road trip movies, like this is to me, like this is my favorite road trip movie. And it's just casually showing you a cross section of lower class America the entire time. And it's showing like all these interactions all with very realistic people and really realistic houses and the shit that like the places the train is going through are the places the trains go through, you know, like this isn't like, there's no like, oh, yeah, beautiful moment. Of yeah. Like none of this is glorious, but they treat it like, it's um like it has a tr- like there's like the movie is loaded to the gills and i love this with long complex dissolves yes and and so it's just like layers and layers of places and imagery and like even in the middle of a, a particular conversation like it just starts dissolving between parts of the conversation right but it creates this very dreamlike lengthy strange trip feeling and everything, instead of saying like, and look at all the wondrous places in America, no. you're like, this is very sad. Like most everyone that I'm seeing is poor, you know? And, most and everyone, everything is dirty. Everything's, everything's yeah. dirty. Every, like know? the hotel room is, the motel room they're in is dingy as It's hell. dingy, yeah. And it's like beer cans everywhere. And they're yeah. just trashed place. And they're you, you see one rich, where they, they stand outside the, uh, the one rich um, restaurant. And they, they he doesn't about, go in. And they don't go in. There's like it doesn't look like I want to go in there. You know, like right. I'd rather have a booth, you know. And that's right. their excuse to not go in. I'm just like you'd rather be out in the cold <laughs> than go in there. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and so like it's it's this really lovely sketch of America at the time. Even and the I, and scene it, at the end was like, ugh. Yeah, it's it's so it's so it's not grim. It's not like it's like uh poverty porn or something like this. No, it's no, like, no, no, no. It's just sort you know, you're just when you when you're just like look at the sadness that people live in kind of stuff. No, like no. it's just like it's showing you the matter of factly like most people in America like across all like uh, you know like like the bulk of America is uh living paycheck to paycheck, you know, uh of all, you know, you know, white people, black people, everything. It's just like and this is all kind of broken down and shitty, like everything. And uh it's it, like you know, there's nothing to be done about it. And and we are essentially like you're saying, Eric, like and we're sending this kid off to God knows what to get his ass handed to him. 
What the fuck are we doing? Like, and, but, but the beauty of the movie is that none of that gets said out loud. Like, yeah. that's not like, there's no speech where Nicholas is just like, you know, I've been thinking about our journey. You know, it leaves it entirely for the audience to. He comes pretty close to that, though. There's 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 several moments where it gets very close, but it doesn't it doesn't go over the top. It's yeah, it just needs it just needs to go far enough to let you know that that's the purpose, right? So it it cues you to think these things, right? Um, but it never goes too far, and and the the entire effect is really sad and poetic, even though it's like it's just a bunch of fucking sailors, yeah, talking about getting laid and drinking and fucking around and fighting people like that's all that's happening right and uh and i and that's that's why i'm just like i'm entirely enamored of the movie because it is it feels so close to being a documentary as if the camera it's like an invisible camera documentary about these these poor suckers and it's yeah. just just incredible but that's how ash that's, that's how ash that's how yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's how that's how that dude rolls um so the next thing is they end up going to uh, they're in New York City, uh, and they are in Grand Central Station. And even this is another thing. It is back to the same point. Like, like even Grand Central Station, which is a very could have been shot in a very pretty way. Yeah, because it's, it's a glorious place. Yeah, it's in like this. There's like trash on the ground. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah, but very seventies like that because New York was a, a, a crap hole back then. Back then it was absolutely, but it was just like it just looked shitty, right? Right. Um, at which point. Uh, uh, Babaski decides he's going to instigate a fight with the Marines in the bathroom. Oh, th- what a fucking scene, man. Tell that scene. This is so good. Like, it's like, you could see, like, cause they hate the Marines. The Marines hate them. Like, and right. just on site. Like, and it's just it. And, uh, and the division, just like, like, you see the Marines kind of walk by and they share a look, like, fuck off, you know, whatever. Right. right? And, uh, and Babaski's like, just starts wandering towards the bathroom where the Marines were headed. And, uh, and, uh, and Mulhall's like, where are you going? He's like, to the head. Right. Yeah. And he gets in there. And one of my favorite fucking lines of dialogue is like, he goes in, take a piss and he's just standing up by the wall and you see him, you don't like the camera's not on him. It's on the mirror and you mm-hmm. see him up against the urinal and the rest of the room is just filled with Marines <laughs> and all the Marines just start like, uh, you know, making cracks about him and saying, just like, I guess he's having trouble finding it, you know, right, like, right. finding his dick. Uh, and she's like, well, he does have to get through 14 buttons, right? And uh, Nicholson says, yeah, the buttons are a problem. If I were a Marine, I'd just have to take off my hat. <laughs> <laughs> and instantly fight breaks out. Mulholl's in there. Just like fucking everyone. And like, again, this is just like, this is like schoolyard fucking around. Right. Yeah. Like there's, the, there's no point to it. There's not, the, the, they don't have like a thing. And like, with it and the fun of it is countered by the fact that like they're on the same side right do you that like this is the only the only way we know how to even get joy out of life is to is that's to is to fucking fight each other and to right. cause troubles you know and uh and so like there's an undertone that is meaningful but the but the, it never lets the scene get away with that like it is a fun sequence with good lines and nicholson's hysterical and and all that kind of stuff and they're having a blast and they're just like fuck it let's go drink and let's go drink let's go blah 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 and you never in the movie never slows down in that it's just that they get worn down by the repetition of it right you know and ultimately like fuck what else do we do we've 
you know, we fucking dicked our, you know, dicked away all our money. <laughs> you know, what, what is what is there left to do in America? Right. If it's all kind of a shithole. So what is there left to do in America? <laughs> yeah, it's just like this is like you're getting a tour across America, and yeah, it's sometimes we start fights, and sometimes we steal things. that's basically it that's basically it and then you just wander the streets until you hear some chanting going on oh another great bit and And so and maybe my favorite line in the movie like when they they're walking down the street and they hear these hippies chanting Mm -hmm. in this in this brownstone or whatever it is and i walk in and it's like open you know come and be a part of the chant group and they just go in and watch this crew like this multicultural crew of people um chanting and just like the complex little chant and it's like you know a monopombeum or whatever it is and they just repeat it repeat it and repeat it and, and it's like all these people getting up and giving testimonials about like what chanting has brought them and like i just got you know i wanted i wanted a girlfriend so i chanted for that and i got a girlfriend and all well, then everyone's <laughs> like happy and singing and all this kind of stuff and gilda radner shows up and... gilda radner that's her first movie <laughs> it's, it's so weird uh and like Mohal and Badaski, you know, badass are just sort of like, what is this shit? You know, <laughs> right. um, but you can see that uh, Randy Quaid's a little sort of taken by it. He's, He's taken like, by it. And he also looks at it as hope. Like maybe if yeah. I chant, I can solve all my problems. I can get, I can fucking get out of this somehow. All right. right. And, uh, and uh, there's this, there's this line when uh, they're watching them and all these guys, like all these hippies are just singing like, almost like aggressively happy they're just like yeah it's great all this and like and nicholson just goes how come all this fucking like i watched this how come it makes me so fucking sad (laughs) (laughs) like like, this makes it worse (laughs) like you look at the way the world is and look at these guys like, like they're off you know in some made up land of happiness and he's just like this is fucking this is horseshit but right it it really captures uh quaid's imagination and he starts chanting even though they've gone on to like, go drink in another bar and whatnot and uh and he's there at this at this bar and he starts chanting away and deciding what he wants to chant over. and this woman comes up and she hears she heard him chanting and she's like you, you should come hang out with me and my friends and, yeah. uh, and nichols is just like if he gets pussy out of this, I'll eat my flat hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. go back and they hang out with the hippies. They hang out with the hippies. Oh my God, man. And the woman is just talking to him. She's like, oh, I can't believe he, he, he tells her the whole story about him going to jail. She's like, that's horrible for $40, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then what's funny is, um, uh, the uh, Nicholson and the other guy, they try to hit on the, the girls. Oh, it's like they, Nancy Allen, right? Yeah. He's it's just, Nancy let Allen. Let me tell yeah. you what a man does when he's sailing. <laughs> right. By the way, Nancy Allen was supposed to play the the prostitute. She was in a movie, though. She was, but she was supposed to play Carol uh, Kane's oh, Carol role. Kane's part? Right. Oh, but okay. Right. She, apparently, she said she didn't, she, she was too nervous to act and talk while being nude on camera. <laughs> oh, we didn't do the, the, the nude thing. That's, that's yeah. such a beautiful, that's too bad. That's, I mean, it's such a great scene. I'm glad it's, I'm yeah. glad it's Carol Kane because Carol Kane's a better actor. I mean, no offense to Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen's yes. a pretty good actor. Karen, Karen, but Nancy Karen. Allen was really funny because she's basically just the way she dismisses him. is just like, 
you know, just yeah, it's it's great, dude. It's great. And the other guy of Mohol looks at him and says, "Those two girls would rather have sex with each other than have sex with you." It's <laughs> <Just like, laughs> so good. And then, like, this is what I love about Ashby is like Ashby is not like. There's plenty of movies in the time period that are, like, you know, make fun of social movements of the 70s or make fun of the hippies or whatever it is like ashby isn't really doing that here like mm-hmm. he's it's a little bit but no more than he's making fun of like than, and he was a hippie himself but he's a hippie you know ashby yeah. was a total hippie and so he's like he's like having sort of a coy look at it from the outside so you can see where mohal and and uh, badass are coming from right. but he also uh through quaid is like saying but you have to have some kind of hope like right you know, when the girl, when initially Randy Quaid thinks he's going to get to have sex with a woman. Right. Um, you know, the woman, it's like, it's kind of a comedy scene where she like starts to take off her shoes and she's like, and I'm just going to give you something very personal. And then she's like, I'm going to chant for you. Right. Right. <laughs> and you think that that's sort of like just the punchline, but ultimately you're like, well, that's kind of sweet. Right. You know, well, like, first she says, like, I'm going to help you escape to go to Canada. Yeah. And then right. she's like, ah, oh, it's like, it's, you know, I says, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that to my buddies. Yeah. Right. My best friends. <laughs> They're my exactly. best friends. Right. The two guys. And because they'd get in trouble if I left. Right. right? right. So I can't do that to them. So I'm going to have to go to jail for them, which is yeah. also kind of crazy. Well, yeah, see, and, and like it shows like it's it's a beautiful you know, statement of where how he looks at his experience with them. Right. And at the same time, it shows shows how naive he is. Yeah. yeah, of course he is. He's a little kid. He's yeah. a little kid. Like he's looking at it in this very, very cartoony way. Yeah. You know, and it would be like it's it, like it would be absolutely reasonable for him to be like, fuck this. I'm out. Like, right. no friends are no friends. Like yeah. I'm getting fucking screwed for eight years for eight, stealing almost stealing 40 bucks. Right. You know, like that's that's ridiculous. Um, But yeah, like the like Ashby's so good at sort of gently handling this stuff. Like he never lets bad. He never lets people become cartoons. You know, and he always he always tries to empathize with whoever is on screen, with even if it's a total asshole. And uh, you know, like the biggest cartoonish character they have in basically the whole movie is the one guy who insists on talking about Nixon. You know, he's just really, oh, yeah. really right. pushy about like, Don't you you saying to you blah, blah, blah. Well, just, What like, about Nixon? What like, about Nixon? Up. They have they're like they have nothing about Nixon, right? <laughs> it's just this he doesn't, story. He doesn't give a shit about Nixon. It gives a shit. <laughs> and then the other girl is like, did you go to uh, what what did you did you go to Vietnam? It was like it was like when a man says you gotta go, you gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> and it's and like, she was yeah, like wow. Yeah. Wow, Dude, that's it's so like, deep. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is like 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 she's like, oh like this. And like he says it and he's just saying it matter of factly, right? Sure. This is just the case. That's and I'm job. receiving it like that's really sad. Like this right. is it's what you're saying is literally true. That's your situation, and this is very sad. Right. Like she's taking this like some weird spiritual something or other, and I'm just like, no, that simply stinks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. nothing no, else. That's to just it. a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Which is funny. Um. So yeah. So the <laughs> you think that uh that uh, uh Meadows is gonna end up getting laid, but he doesn't, and he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but he keeps huh. on chanting anyway. <laughs> keeps on chanting, right? He the it's uh, like, okay, so he just keeps on chanting. So then they take the next train to go to Boston. And uh, this is where and, they're like, we got to get the kid laid. We got to, you got to do this right. Right. We got to do this right. So and, they have some kind of a plan to do this, or at least, at least Badass does, or Badowski does. And I love uh, what Badass is. Uh, he's just like, well, of course I know people like this. You know, I knew a girl in, uh, I knew a girl that said, well, whatever, Louisiana. And, he's like, and she's like, had a glass eye. 
she'd wink you off for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many fucking lines in this movie that are just there ridiculous. Are. So good. He's like, well, I'll wink you off for a dollar. But so much of that character, though, you see in Chinatown, too. Oh, curly, sure. relaxed. I just installed the blinds. <laughs> exactly. You can't eat the blinds, curly. I just had them installed. Can't eat the blinds. I just had them installed. Yeah. But it's the same way, yeah. you know. Yeah. But his, but Nicholson's energy is so different than Chinatown in this. At the same time, like he's so. Well, uh, when he's with the guys in his office, it's oh, the exact same. Pardon me for one second. This is my DoorDash for the family. One second. Yeah. Nicholson is very much like that with the people in his office, all the guys. Um, he's very much plays that kind of like every guy, like uh, jockey guy, not jockey, but he likes to be the center of attention and tough guy. But he plays that a lot um, with the office characters in Chinatown. Yes. But then he tries to, you know, when he's with Mrs. Mulray, he's very much trying to uh, be something he's not. Let's be honest, but he's, uh, it's, I do see something was a year apart, but just the back and forth between Randy Quaid and him was, there was touches of, uh, the office banter in, um, Chinatown. In Chinatown. Well, same writer. <laughs> Sorry about that, fellas. Yeah, no, okay. but it's just the way he delivers things is, you know, it's very much, uh, like, uh. The way he delivers, and his matter of fact, and he's well, also full the, of the shit. The thing I think you realize, like the three characters, right? So it's it's it, they're kind of hilarious. Like, so Randy Quaid is obviously the most naive and innocent person, mm-hmm. right? And then Nicholson is the hothead. Yes, right. And he really wants to be angry at something. He's got to be angry at something, but he also at the same time wants he, to be the leader. He's the one who wants to have the most fun. He's the one looking for fun. Yes, right. He knows he's like I'm going to look for fun. I'm going to look for beers. I'm going to start a fight, uh, and I'm going to get this guy laid. He's got something, he's got something to prove. Right. He's got, he's like, he's aggressively going after all of this. Yeah. He's like, I'm, this is, let's, let's, and he's the one who's like, let's just go out of town. And the, the black guy is like, he's kind of like, eh, let's be reasonable. Let's come on. We have a job to do. <laughs> yeah. Know, like he's it's like, he's as basically long as like the dad. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like he's like he is the, the most he's the most he's the adult uh, of the group. He is right. definitely the adult. He is, of the group. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, don't, you can't just fucking do this because, you know, this, you know, like, you can't just act like a little kid. Like, we have responsibilities. That's right. basically his, his line the whole time. But at yeah. every turn, Nicholson is like, you just like, whatever, what makes you mad, kid? You know, did you, oh, so did you punch him? Did you cold cock him? Like, he really wants to, like, amp up the. Yeah, he, well, he's, he, like, he teaches, uh, Randy Quaid to, like, Semaphore. send back his food. He tries to get him in, tries to get him to a fight when they have their all night drinking. He, they try, he instigates him to go in a fight. Just anything to just get some energy out, right? Right. Um, anyway, so now we finally let the thing. So they find a, they find a cab. Uh, Nicholson has a, a, a plan to find a cab and he's going to ask the cabbie to take him to a whorehouse, right? Oh, you're muted or something happened. Dan. Dan. Oh, you're back. There we go. Sorry about that. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so, so he tries to find him to a, to a, to a, to a whorehouse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, and it's like, I'll get a big tip for you. He goes, ah, don't worry about that. I get it on the back end. So obviously they right. get recommendations from the, right. It happens all the time. Yeah. It happens all the right. time. Right. And, so it's, and, who, and then he says, especially they're friendly to sailors, right? 
Right. Uh, so they go to this uh, random place. They go up there. They're meted by the uh, greeted by the madam, uh, and uh, it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's dingy. Seedy. It's seedy. It's like the, dingy, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, like every like everything in the movie. You're just like uh, okay. I guess there were some train wrecks in there, definitely. It yeah. was like, whoa. I mean, Carol, Carol Kane is beautiful, obviously. Carol, and like, Carol Kane was 20 years old when she made right. it, or 21, yeah. maybe. Right. And like, yeah, like she's, even, even, even then, like she's, she's definitely, like she's, she's beautiful. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. But like, right. they're playing her way down. So she looks like, you know, really kind of tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, she's got these like bags under her eyes yeah, because she's run been down, having sex like, this is not, yeah, exactly. all night. Because you see her like walk out with some other some, John. some other guy. Just she just had a session with yeah, another she's guy. She's just like Christ. <laughs> yeah, like, long night, huh? You think VFX is hard? <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. Uh, but again, it's not like there's. It is not a judgmental. Like it's not anti-sex worker. It's not like saying like, no. oh, what scumbags? And they're all like, uh, like it's just like. Everyone's got fucking jobs to do, man. You know, right. it's just how it works. And so, so he's like, it was like, it was like, it was just for him. So I was like, okay, well have your pick. And there's basically right. like six or eight girls that are watching TV <laughs> in negligees. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. And yeah, like one, one girl's like almost asleep. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I mean, which is how you see Nicholson at the beginning of the movie. Like it's right. relating this, like this, these are all various details that people are on. Right, you know, <laughs> like that's what this is. Like, yep. every it's just the it's like it's like America, like lower middle class and lower class America is is tedious business, man. It's hard yep. to be poor, you know. So Randy, Randy's just kind of looking at them, and the camera just slowly pans as he's looking at them, like this one by one, and it like goes back and forth. And back yeah, and forth. he's having a hard time making the decision. He yeah, doesn't want, no, doesn't want to commit to it. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, he looks at Carol Kane and is like, "Yeah." And it's like, all right. And then Nicholson says, I would have picked the same one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so like, like, this is Nicholson's adventure for himself. Right. 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 Now he's, right. it's exciting. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, for him, yeah. it's like, hey, yeah. can't wait for this guy to get laid. Because like, I, like he cared, he does care about Randy Quaid for sure. He does a lot. Yeah, very, very which much. Which we so. know we find out soon after that. Yeah. Uh, and so. <laughs> She goes in. He goes in with her. She starts to prep him. <laughs> and yeah. he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Right, right, right. Let's check you it, out. It goes off immediately before anything happens. She's yeah, not even literally. Like, <laughs> literally, boom, right? And she's like, <laughs> so oh. you, like, you see his facial expression go, ah, right? At which point, she's like, the next scene. Oh, the next scene. She goes, I'm, and it's, she's talking to Nicholson. He goes, I'm sorry, but that's the, the way it is. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's 10 second. hours or 10 seconds. When it's done, it's done. You got If you want to do it again, you have to pay for it again. Yeah. And they're like, okay. All right. it's a I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. I blew it. It was like, yeah. But they gathered the cash and they get a cash. They go, they pay for a second round. Right. And then, uh, and so then they're in bed naked, right? And she gets up to start like smoke a cigarette, whatever. And she's naked. Uh, and, uh, she tells him, he's like, well, you did good. And he's like, a little rough start, but then you took it to like a duck to water. You know what? I was like, 
that is hilarious. That's just to hear right. that. Like, and I and I just yeah, exactly and, and like I there's a sweetness to that scene that I really Very love. there's a real beautiful sweetness. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just because like she is like I mean she's not much older than he is right you now, uh, but she's obviously you know like, done this, this a lot. She's done this a lot. You know, this is like this has been her job for a while, and and so he has the all this like innocence about him, and she's like only maybe two years older than him, maybe one. Yeah, and she's like, you know, don't get your fucking hopes up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, like life ain't that great. Yeah, and uh, but uh, but she says when she goes, when she's like, uh, he's like, you're really beautiful, and she's like, yeah, and I got a good body. No, like she says, he says, I would, best, he wants to pay. He says, can I pay you the rest of my money? Right. To That's see just to see you naked. Right. Or just just to look at you, just to look because at you. I guess you haven't seen many girls without their clothes on. Right. Because I've got a good body, not the best, but it's not pretty the best, good. but pretty good. And <laughs> it was just like it's such a matter of fact observation. Right. It's just like it's like I mean, it's like there's so much um, either romantic or hypercritical uh, representation of sex work in movies, like that. But there's nothing like there's nothing in this. It's just like this is like a straightforward job. You know, right. and she's you know she's she's fucking a little. It ain't little pretty woman. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, but eighties uh, films really did that. Like, oh, brothel. Yeah, exactly. You know, these women, blonde women with like these long gowns. It's like, meh. Yeah, and it's just like it's not you know like best little whorehouse in Texas type. Of I was thing. about to bring that up. Yeah, exactly. I like, hate that movie. When you either hyper romanticize <laughs> it or hyper criticize it, you're then you're just leaning into uh, one fantasy or another about how you view yourself right whereas this movie is just very straightforward like there's nothing um there's nothing good or bad about it and it's something that uh you would want to be special for the kid but this is as special as it's going to get given his situation and that's going to be it till he's like in near 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 to 30 that's right you know and uh and so like the, the movie is like ashby's really good at finding like these really like just a moment of beauty in that simplicity and then it just goes away and uh and that's why like he's such a he does this in being there he as just well. gets real moments and real people yeah and that's his thing it's very natural and it's true and it holds up over time yeah it's really it's really really something like this like his as a director he's like i don't think there's I, like even the very best directors today like fincher and uh Villeneuve and and people like that, like they are very very uh, high style craftspeople. That's like, right. They're very like it's it, everything is There's hyper no realness. Yeah, it's like that, and like and it's it's not a criticism of them. That's not what they're yeah, doing. Right? That's what but, the market is. But yeah, like but there's was... no nobody who does this stuff. You know, like like that that works on say the Villeneuve level, but does who directed Little Miss Sunshine? Because that's pretty close. It's very, that's very good. Like, I, I think that that's very, I forgot who did that. But yeah, there's some good examples that, that, that are solid. And, right. the, and there's, and actually there's way more good stuff on streaming, I'd say, than in movies. Yeah, like, streaming's really good. Yeah. Streaming's like, got uh, great, great stuff now. Right. Like Atlanta has, even though Atlanta is largely sort of like a little bit of a fantasy show, um, it also has some real, you know, uh, realism to it on occasion. Yeah. That Mandalorian too. Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, the depth, the depth of Mandalorian. <laughs> oh God, I couldn't even like. I, I, I was, I, I was in mild support of those first two seasons. Like, the, I, I started to watch the third season. I was like, nope, nope, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> I, I'm out. I can't do it. I'm out. 
I'm not even going to get into the conversation. I can't do it. Yeah. Biloxi Blues, actually, that was another one that, uh, ah, that's good. that that's, was pretty, that's that nice was one. I like that one quite a bit. Prostitute scene as well. Yeah. That's a good uh, one. okay. So, uh, so that's a street scene and they walk away from that. Uh, and so then they're kind of wandering the streets and they still have a little bit of time. Uh, and they're like looking it's like, well, we still have time before we get, have to get to Portsmouth. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to get another burger? Do you want to get some beers? Do you want to go but to the But they movies? have that it's argument like, in the street whether we, Portsmouth is in Maine or Massachusetts, don't they? <laughs> That's right, of course. It's on the podcast that they do later in the Navy. Right. <laughs> and I said, and, I, and he says, no. Uh, 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 and Randy Quaid says an awesome line. He's like, no, I've already all, I've done all those things once. And the, the first time you do it, it's kind of special. I like to keep those memories. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a beautiful way to look at things, yep. you know? Yeah. Like, don't, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't overcook it. Don't overcook <laughs> it. And then it's like, and it's like, uh, oh, what a crappy day. And it's, you know, the weather's really crappy. And they're like, yeah, if it was a nice day, we could have a, if it was the summer, we could have a picnic. And they're like, the neck cut to, they're in the park and it's snowing and snowing. Freezing, freezing fucking cold. Freezing cold. And they're trying to have a picnic. Well, like, like a, this, on a tiny public grill. It's like, right. uh, they're breaking sticks to, and to light. Nicholson is holding a beer freezer. Forgets the buns. Forgets the buns. <laughs> just like and they have hot dogs and they're just eating them off sticks. Everything and they can do to make him happy. Yep. Anything, yep. All right? Time. All the time. All well, the time. and then Nicholson says, you know, the guy sort of behind them and then Nicholson's talking to, uh, to, uh, 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 Mulhall and he says, you know, kids come a long way, you know, which is really about talking about himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Thanks exactly. to me, he's come a long way. Yeah, exactly. Like I, right. I have come a long way. <laughs> I have come a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, he's really sad. You can tell he's on the verge of crying, knowing that he has to take this kid and send him off to yep. prison because he says he's going to get beat up by all those Marines in there, and they're just going to treat him like shit for eight years, yep. and he's just going to be destroyed. Yep. And yep. Uh, and he's just really, really upset about it. And I, at which point you can see that uh, Randy Quaid sort of overhears him mm-hmm. and decides to run. Make one last step. Slowly, but it was very comical too. Yeah. It's I mean, very you know it's slowly not going to work. trying to – and it's <laughs> almost as if – What you doing? It's, <laughs> it's almost as if he is doing it to make – Nicholson angry at him, so it's easier for Nicholson to drop him off in jail. Right. I think he de- that's, that's why he does it. Yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, so I think, at he, least there's a little bit of a motive because the way he thinks about it before he does it. It's well, like no, I think. What, say that again. What did you say, Chris? I think he runs off knowing he's going to get caught and piss off. No, I think he Nicholson. hears that he has sympathy. That maybe if he just walks away slowly, that's his thinking because he's naive. That right. they like him and they feel bad that if he Maybe just walks away, go, right. they'll just let him go. And that's why he, as a little child, he's like, huh? What do you mean? Right. What do you mean? Where well, are you no, going? No, no, no. Sir, what, he does, with- what he does, he starts doing the flag signals that they do in the Navy and he says, bye bye. And then he bolts. But he puts his hands up first, like, hey, what are you doing? Like right. a parent. And so it's basically his, my feeling was is that he was just trying to see if he can just leave. Because it's like it's starting to hit. I I really saw it as him trying to. Yeah, I think I think make, there's a little bit of both actually. Because like when he's the way that he's sort of like the way he hears it and thinks about it, like you see him thinking about that relationship. 
you know, so I, I, unlike when he panicked on the train, I think there's a little different process going on for him right there. Yeah. yeah. He still wants to get, get away if you fucking can for sure. You know, but it's uh it's a more complex, it's a little more complex scene than like waking up and panicking. Yeah. But the panic is still real. He does not want to go to prison. <laughs> like it's very, very serious. And the first time you see this movie, like, a lot of seventies movies end in abrupt badness, and when Nicholson pulls his gun, you're like, "Is it going to be one of those movies?" Right. <laughs> yeah, he pulls his gun on him and just starts punching him really hard. Like he's very angry, right? Yeah, he's. Really and it's angry. really just angry. I mean, part of this why part of this is like I think he did it on purpose. Like, but at the same time, he's just angry that he has to put him in jail. Yes, really angry. He, he's taking out. Yeah, he doesn't know what to do about with all that, all that, uh, all that anger. And then bringing him to prison is so, like, it's hard. so, it's yeah, like, it's, it's hard. It's so hard and they don't play up any kind of. No, shtick. they don't try to do some big, you know, this is not like the green mile or. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. There's no weepy the last film. Lines. All they had to yeah. do was wait 10 years because it would have yeah. been done that way. Yeah. They would have been had, you know, like uh, Morgan. And Freeman the door closes well. in front of their face <laughs> and she's through the glass and she just puts her hand to the glass and, you're my brother. <laughs> I've really changed and grown as a person from being on this journey with you. you. <laughs> no, that Come didn't on, happen. Come on, kid. Get out of here. <laughs> that didn't happen. You'll be that all right, kid. They show up. <laughs> they show up with the guy, the he three of them. Some guy says, on the dollar, we like, got a prisoner here. And then they just take him. They just take him. And they still have blood on his head, right? He still has blood on his head from being beat up. And... They just grab him, take him, and just, he's gone. <laughs> and there's yes. no goodbye. That's it. And you do not see him again, period. Nope. Like, it is completely and thankfully blunt. Like, yeah. And and the fact that nothing is being said is the fucking most painful thing. Because there's, you're caught between, like, please say something, and what can you fucking say? What can you say? Hold like, on a second. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hey, just man. I realized we've been trolled this whole time. But yeah, do it. <laughs> what do you mean? This guy, Peter Shamu, seems to be talking about how awesome Eric is the whole time. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Wait a second. Wait what? a second. <laughs> what? What Peter are you talking Shamu. about? <laughs> a guy in our chat, his name is Peter Shamu. He's like, and he's talking, it's like, no, Chris, Eric is correct. <laughs> and he keeps talking about this. Thank you. Well, I'm thinking. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say yeah. thank you to Peter. Yeah. Why? <laughs> you don't you're you're going to your other He's instance, a... your other instance of. No. <laughs> no. I, oh. uh-huh. Guys, that's not me. I just. <laughs> thank you. Peter, you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> there we go see yeah no yeah no it's all good it's all above board wink wink <laughs> thank you peter uh-huh that's right i was like hold on a second wait a minute that's right uh well thank you for joining us peter shamu because all if people were listening to this all in our chat the whole time there's been peter talking about how correct eric is and he's like he makes really good points about don't be discouraged eric Eric is (laughs) correct eric is correct chris (laughs) peter Peter? so let's look up where portsmouth prison is because i know that i thought that yeah no that's not wrong 
<laughs> uh, Portsmouth Naval Prison is a former U.S. Navy Marine Corps prison grounds in Portsmouth Naval Yard and is in Kittery, Maine. So it is in uh, Maine. There we go. Maine. Okay. There we go. Which is well, the nor- our northernest most state besides Alaska. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> so finally, uh, yeah, they kick him up. Then the next scene is the two of them are in the op- an officer's uh, office. I was a little confused by this. Mm-hmm. So they're yelling at him. It's like, did you? Did you beat the shit out of your Did prisoner? you beat the out of the prisoner? Who called you just because you have a, a short patrol badge and a gun that you can beat right. a prisoner, right? right? And yells at him, right? Right. And he says, did you? It's a very what? weird part. And yeah. my feeling is it was just like a studio add-on because they don't know what's going on. I don't, no, I don't know. I think that, I It's think a that, weird thing. I think that there's some, there are things that happen here that are important, right? Because There like, are things that are happening in the report. Well, right, first they, of all, they, they say, did he try to escape? Mm-hmm. And they say, but how would no. they know? Well, this is the thing, right? Is like because he did try to escape. It's been, well, yeah, the thing is that they he tried to escape in a park asking, with right. nobody else there. Yeah, but they're asking because he has been beat up. Right, he's been beat up. And so why? So why is if he tried to escape, up? it would make it, it make sense, in prison, right? In prison. But if if but what what is being said in the scene is like is basically testing: Will you protect yourself or protect the kid? Because if you say. True. That he is, uh, that he tried to escape, the kid will get fucked yet harder. Right? right. Like he is really screwed if that's true. But if, uh, they beat him up for no reason, then they're in trouble. Like, and they're going to get fucked. And it's a, it's a decision on how close their friendship really was for Nicholson to, like, be, no, he didn't try to run. We beat him up basically for fun. Right. Like that's how we that's how we roll, right? And that's what he's saying, and that's why the guy then says the guy tr- is is like, I'm gonna look for something to fuck you over. Then, and it looks like the, your orders were never in, endorsed. When he's and he's leading up to saying, so you're AWOL, right? And you're and you are now I can really fuck you over, and that's when whoa 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 okay. whoa 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 whoa. No, see, that's the thing. He's like, according to these, you were never signed. You're still in Virginia. You're still in, yeah, you're still in Virginia. Right? So or you're, the you, paperwork is wrong, right? The pa- paperwork is wrong, but he's trying to angle to fuck them over for beating up his prisoner. Right. right. But, then, so, but it's also, we should also note that there was a, a when, when they were, when he was in the, with Carol Kane, there's a scene of the two of them talking about their previous, their lives, mm-hmm. sitting on the couch, right? Right. Uh, the black guy talks about his, uh, no, he talks about his ex-wife, Nicholson does. And the other guy, you know, basically they're like, yeah, we're, we're in the Navy for life. We, there's nothing we're else lifers, for us. Yeah. Right. We're lifers. Um, and so if they get screwed by the Navy, they're screwed. Right. Yeah. So that's the statement. But then the guy says, you have never left, uh, uh, Portland. Right. Or you've never left Virginia. Right. And you're, you're now AWOL, right? So that would be really bad for them. Right. Right. And so, right. And so like, this is the moment. Nicholson says, I want to speak to your XO. Right. Like Nicholson is taking control of the moment in a way that he would not have before. Right. Right. He, he is a go along to get along guy, obviously in the Navy. That's why he's a lifer. Right. Right. And he is like, because of the journey he has been on, he is now like, well, well, I I have to roll the dice and stand up for myself in this instance, 
Like we right. understand it for ourselves. Oh, and we should note there was another scene that we skipped over. On their train ride from New York to Boston, they were getting breakfast at the at the restaurant car. Mm-hmm. And uh Randy Gray says, Excuse me, I asked for my eggs over easy. And the guy mm-hmm. says, These are over easy. No, they're not. And yeah, he's like no, pushes it back. And like, okay, so the guy takes it back and redoes it and looks at Nicholson and he goes, I'm learning. I'm learning. Exactly. And and Nicholson's proud of him. So this is also like that process. This again. is that this is like that this, same Nich- exactly, exactly right. Because like right. Nicholson like Nicholson has been living his life, his adventurous life through the kid the right. whole time. Like he has required the kid to learn from him, but he has not yet learned anything. Right. And so this is the moment. And this is in particular, it's about the details of what he does specifically for the Navy. Like this dude Nicholson. is, yeah, like he's just like, he, this guy's going to try and fuck me over using the numbers that I crunch to fuck right. me over. Like this guy has my job and he thinks he can do it better than me. Now, now I must stand up for myself, which is something I definitely was uninterested in doing before. And so he does, because you're not going to teach me how to do my job. This is, I, I, I am proud of myself. I, I'm going to have it the way I want it. Right. And, and he knows that the, everything that he can get this guy and the other guy also, that guy is, uh, 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 went to, um, uh, Annapolis, right? So he's like super high end and he thinks he's yes. much better than this. Yes. This crappy middle, lower he's class kid, he's right? Is a title. And so he's like, I want to speak to your XO. And the guy knows like, Oh, yeah, if this, he speaks to the XO, he's going to go He's going to really go bad for me. Yeah. Right? right. So he just signs the papers. Right. right. And hands it back to Nicholson. And Nicholson's like, you got to keep this one. Like, cause he knows, he knows yeah. the bureaucracy. He's been doing this all his yeah. life. And that, by the way, is the last detail. That's the last detail. This is the, this is the fucking thing you forgot to do, idiot. This. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is it. And so, like, they are. So then they leave and they're, they're just, and he's angry now. Mm -hmm. He's angry at the Navy. Mm -hmm. Really angry at the Navy. Or is he angry at himself for staying in so long? Well, he's, well, he he has lived his whole life in the prison of the Navy. That's basically what. That's, yeah. Yeah. And so he's angry and he's just yelling. He's like, I can't believe that idiot. He didn't know to do this and that. And they're cold and they're walking away. And he says, well, where are you going to go? It's like, well, you know, I'm going to go to probably go to here or to Louisiana or whatever he was yeah. going. And, says, and then it's like, and then, uh, well, I'll probably go to New York. He says, well, I'll see you in Virginia. And then they just walk off. It's mm-hmm. a great shot because the pe- camera pans as they're having this conversation, goes with them. And it's like, all right. See it, and then just just walk, and the camera stops, and they just walk off and go around the corner, and the credits come out. And that's it. perfect. It's a fucking flawless bit of work. It's, There's uh, one thing we didn't talk about too: is the music is so. Oh, the music like was big, great. The band yeah. music and it's the way he just military. positioned. Yeah. yeah, it's just he always has great music uh, in it's, his films, and it's such a great. And this is actually connects to what I was saying before: is like that, like all this, like sad. Uh, dissolve imagery of all of America, you know, and like you're seeing like all this just like essentially economic devastation everywhere all the time. And then the music is, and you're like, this is the opposite of what I'm seeing all the time, you know, and it's only, it's only in the last, last section of the movie when there's different music that's really kind of mournful. And, uh, and it's really, really, really powerful that he saves, he saves that till the end. The rest of it's like, 
I, like we're above it all ironic commentary and in the end it's just like no we're all in it together yeah. yeah and it's 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 such a yeah this movie this really this movie gets me every time it's a timeless timeless bit of work it captures a um a truth about the connectedness of america and how like we are all in it together and uh it's so self-reflective without being overcooked about it you know it, yeah you know it there's, really... a, there's a guy named robert frank a photographer he mm. it reminds me sometimes of stuff like that his the work. americans this book the americans yeah. yeah yeah absolutely sure it's great that's a great call definitely and it's 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 so it's 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 haunting without being overbearing you know it has something to say but it it's all it's always fun like it lets the characters have fun the whole time and doesn't uh doesn't get too heavy uh and that kind of weird deft character touch is something you really only see in ashby pictures it's like you watch being there you're you listen to our thing on being there it's just like it's supernatural how well he handles actors mm -hmm. like it's just just incredible what he gets out of people well, he also, the other thing that he does really well is he gets them to act very well off camera too, mm -hmm. right? Which is kind of a suits, like, you know, especially in being there, like they're constantly, there are sounds of people around you everywhere. Yeah. That, but that's, right, a, you know. that's also the Altman thing too. The Altman does natural, the same thing. Yeah. He does, but Altman does it way more. Like yeah, yeah. Altman oh, yeah. just layers and layers. This, like, is, this is very gentle. It's very one of the most gentle filmmakers I've right. ever seen. Yeah, and uh, and you really feel like everybody, like no matter what people's point of view is, even if they're the negative character, the quote, the, the bad guy of the movie, or whatever it is, like you still kind of feel for them a little bit, or you feel like a little sorry for them, or whatever it is. And he definitely never lets anything get away with ju with just raw caricature. Mm. You know? And when when it would be really easy because he wants the movie to be sort of he wants the movie to be easy to watch and fun to watch and to be like you watch shampoo and you watch all this stuff like. Shampoo's a little fucking laugh ride. It's incredibly good, incredibly funny. Oh, it's so sad at the end of it. But it's so fucking sad. Yeah. It's so like it, it sneaks up on you. You're just you don't even realize how sad you are in that movie until the end. Right. You know? And it's uh it's really I relate to Ashby more than I do um Altman. Generally speaking, yeah. Like Altman has has like three movies that I'm hold very close. But uh but Ashby is every single time out of the gate, he owns it completely. And, and it, it holds it, up like and it incredibly. Holds up incredibly well. And and like unlike Altman, and this is not to criticize Altman, but Altman is very Altman about it, right? Whereas Ashby, I didn't know that Ashby directed all these movies until later, and it's just that's how sort of like he doesn't infuse himself. Yeah, the actors infuse themselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and this is this is just a tremendous example. Like you could watch this movie and not even realize how the much people it, who worked for with him or for him loved him, loved him. Loved him, and then he was hit with cancer, and it was so. Like, people were devastated, actually. tragic, and yeah. he couldn't solve it. I mean, Walter Reed couldn't do anything about it, yeah. and it was just like. They talk like about him in uh, Easy Riders and Raging Bulls. Raging right? Bulls, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and like because I think that Ashby is the name that people who love, uh, especially seventies movies, obviously everyone knows Ashby, but like, uh, like you can go, you know, most adults today know who. You know, no, like George Lucas and Spielberg, and maybe Francis Ford Coppola and, and Roger uh, McCormick. But but Hal Ashby is way down the list of directors they would list. Yeah, right. Um, and he really is something. He has something that I think we are great greatly missing right now. Like 
we have enough style, you know, we have enough skill and we have, here's the other thing too, is that if the studios didn't screw it up and start letting art, you know, hippies and artists and real, real artists start making stuff, Uh he wouldn't have existed. He wouldn't have existed. Yeah. If it was still the studio system, like the sixties, no. He would have never gotten the money to make a movie. Right. And we Maybe are, one. We are in this, the studio system of the 20s right now. Like, this is what they're going to call it. You know, this is the, like, when we, when the, there was a fucking line. Um, I don't even know if I can actually, let me, let me, let me quickly find this on Twitter because the Twitter. Bird in hand? Is it is. Uh, uh, I, I saw on Twitter um, that this director, and he's not even a bad director, he just came out with a movie um, by. Um, or rather, with uh, Anna de Armas and the guy who plays Captain. America. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I yes. saw that. I saw that. That that the terrible movie that came out. It's called yeah, the, uh, Ghosted. Ghosted, yes. right? right. I okay. saw that thing. He said he said that he he made he took out a whole opening scene. Yeah, here I got the quote for you. Because Tell me, really yeah. fucking it. It was so depressing. It was. Uh, oh, I almost have it. Hang on. It is because it's, it's a screenshot. Where are you? Come on. I saw it in an article on Deadline or something. Yeah, because the quote is so... I'm, okay, now, now I'm resorting to searching for it. It is a ghosted director um, and the Goldie Hawn movie he's talking about is... Okay. Ghosted filmmaker. De- Dexter Fletcher is the director. Right. And here it is. He says... Um, you can't make a movie, you can't make a film for streaming the same way you do for theatrical, Fletcher told Alex Zane. Um, there are different metrics and there are different metrics and approaches. Uh-huh. Uh, there, there has to be for uh, the very reason that people, there has to be for the very reason that people can turn things off very quickly. The Rocketman filmmaker continued to say that he had initially planned for a long and elaborate opening sequence for Ghosted that involved Anna de Armas driving a car through a mountain um, pass in reference to a scene from the 1978 film Foul Play, starring Goldie Hawn and, and, and Chevy Chase. Fletcher said he took the scene to Apple, who said they understood what he was attempting uh, to create, but raised concerns about whether it would resonate with a streaming audience. Quote, I thought it was great, this three-minute opening scene, and they say you couldn't do it because the opening sequence goes on uh, and something doesn't happen in the first 30 seconds. We know the data shows that people just turn it off. And I don't want it. I don't want that. So I make the compromise. And I read that sentence, and I died. And I'm appearing now as a. Oh, I know. I died too. I was like, <laughs> this is the end of filmmaking. I was like, it is this the is, worst yeah. thing I've ever heard a professional filmmaker say out loud. <laughs> the, the data the, says it was wrong. The data says it's the same thing is happening to music, right? Because oh, now yeah. all of music is being driven by TikTok, right? So what's happening in music is that they have to get to the 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 riff or the the the, the hook, the hook. Yeah, to the immediately hook. because yeah. people are looking at TikTok <clears throat> and if you don't get to the hook with in the first three seconds they'll yeah. swipe. Yep, yep, that's it. Like if the Beatles released a song today, it would be it would go. Da, da, let it be, let it be. Yeah. <laughs> that would be it. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine, like Telegraph Road, like yeah. that would takes like four minutes to start the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. There man. would be no yes. There would yeah. be no oh, yes. Jesus there'd Christ, be no, no. There'd be no Dire Straits. There'd right. be no. Uh, there'd but be no uh, uh, Led Zeppelin. There'd be no Pink Floyd. Yeah, it's yeah. A, like now. Ever like what he said. Like I, 
everyone in film knows that these are considerations when you even in the 70s like there's considerations like that that you have discussions about when you're just like well we got to think about the audiences because blah 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 and so every now and again you have kubrick comes along and pushes against that and things like this but nobody says nobody is so broken down that they say it out loud like this guy did where there are metrics and there are, and where you just like and so we know after 30 seconds this i was like well first of all he's not making any work of art here he's, he clearly knows cuz ghosted <laughs> is a terrible film like it doesn't have to be have you I seen know. it Chris? <laughs> no but i don't even i trust me i don't have to see it to know it's a terrible no film. i mean i'm sure i'm sure but it did i have a question for you how but it how did is it get the highest rating of anything apple has put out so far of course it's got anandarmus who's incredibly gorgeous Right. Yeah. Like there it is, and famous superhero. But Chris, can I ask you a question? For just, <laughs> it, and I'm not trying to bait. You, uh, how is it you can watch a Marvel movie, and and I mean, you see this trailer, and you're like, oh, it sucks. I mean, I look at that trailer; it's no shittier than a, a you know Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I didn't say Guardians. Like, well, of the, Galaxy was no, Peter I'm saying. I, I don't know. What does Peter think? <clears throat> what does Peter? <laughs> what does Peter but, think? But that, but that's the thing, right? Is like, I mean, like, I, I. I I uh, I want I can look at a I can look at a trailer for Ghosted and and make an assumption that it that it's terrible. That it that that said, if I see Ghosted and it is and I enjoy it, I wouldn't lie about that. Like I would I'd be like, actually, I really liked it. I would re- I really liked it because like I will say I actually did like um the uh, the uh, the other movie that uh, the uh, Rocket the, Man. The, no, not Rocket Man. Actually, I like Rocket Man. It was good. But, uh, um the what's it called but he didn't answer my question but as you're thinking of that all i'm saying is you saw the trailer and it said it looked crappy i saw the trailer i said it looked crappy but also i'm like how different is it from a marvel movie i look at those trailers well no i I tell you why it's different from a well i think it is i actually do think it's crappier than a marvel film i think marvel films only thing that's keeping them alive is people are like want to continue the story Right, right. When it's, it's already like, done, <laughs> which is already done, right? They're like, oh, the story no, let's is just over. Keep put put the dolls away and go home. No, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We just, yeah, no, we just keep going. Yeah, but right. mom, five more minutes, you know, like that kind of situation. I mean, when right. I saw the ad for Quantum Mania, like I, I made fun of it. It didn't look good. Well, look, heads rolled after that. Yeah, I mean, it looked, it looked bad. Which and movie? I'm not talking, I mean, like Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, like, I, it's pretty much one of the things that. Caused Victoria Alonso to get fired from Disney. Yeah, before. like it looked like a bad movie. And I'm really? not even talking about the effects. Mm-hmm. I'm talking just like I was like, this looks like a very lazy, bad studio effort. It may, it it was, may be it great. Like it was written by an AI. Yeah, like the thing is, I mean, hey, like don't and, knock AI. Hey, it's true. Like there will be, but like the like the thing is that there, it could be true that Quantum Mania is great, right? Maybe they just made a shitty ad. That may be true. Maybe that's true for Ghosted. I don't know. Um, but the but. Like the where I can retain my integrity is if I do see it and it's good, I won't kid myself or lie to look good and complain. Like I'll be like, that was really fucking good. I I'm surprised the ad looked bad and it was good. But like I can't I can't give it the benefit of the doubt based on a shitty trailer. I'm like, well, it looks like shit. <laughs> and then I hear then I hear the director's quote and I'm like, I want to see this less now. Like, well, is, I he was walking, interesting. is he walking away from it in a way, or is he just kind of like, it's he's saying, like this is the reason like, why no, he's embracing it. it. He's, he's making a ton of money off of it because of the movie's doing very well business. on Apple. 
And so he's super happy about it. So he's like, oh, I'll do whatever to please Apple. He's like, it doesn't matter if it's 10 seconds or 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, went off. Good. (laughs) Now, one thing I I should note, that there's two things that you brought up. Uh, Actually, uh, I want to, I do want to know one last closing things about uh, the last detail. Nominated for three Oscars uh, in 1974. Best Actor by Jack Nicholson. Best Mm -hmm. Supporting Acting by Randy Quaid and uh, uh, Best Writing by Robert Town. So, Did he really win good. or just nominated? No, they all – none of them won. This is one of those movies that – Bugsy I, Malone won, right? Bugsy Malone. Good. That good, good. You good noticed that there. reference? In Bugsy uh, Malone. Best <laughs> actor succession? was uh, – I did. That was – I, I, I was like – in fact, I said to Anne, I was like, I bet I know only know one other person who gets this joke. Okay. <laughs> I uh, was like, Bugsy Malone. Bugsy Malone That's joke. the kind of joke he says – the kind of jokes that I would say. Exactly true. I was, all, I, was I would like I would like to note here are the best actor nominees in nineteen seventy four, talking yeah. about exactly what you just talked about. Okay, you ready? Uh Robert Hold Redford on, quickly, in the can state, I just say yeah. can I just say it would would it be um uh, just so uh the what is the fuck? It's the one um I totally forgot his name. Thank you, COVID. Uh you know the Three Days of the Condor. What? Oh yeah, a wonderful film, Robert um, Redford, and uh, directed by uh, Sidney Pollack. Yeah, that, what, what? What? What are you asking? Eric? You're talking if, about the nominations. Yes, was, in 1974, it was Robert seven, Redford, but not for Three Days of the Condor. He was nominated for The Sting. The Sting. Yep. Okay. Which is the go. role that Jack Nicholson turned, turned down. down. Right. Wow. Right. Yep, that's right. Okay. So. Uh, and who do you want to guess who else was nominated in that year, Eric? Seventy four. Would it be Carsten uh, uh, Deus for nope. the dreams of the field, the no. dreams of the clouds? In the clouds? No, no, <laughs> the no, no, you can. You, you, I was sure you could get some of these. There, point being, nineteen seventy four. These are the films that are coming out, right, for best mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Robert Redford in The Sting, Jack Nicholson in The Last Detail. Al Pacino in Serpico, Serpico. Marlon Brando in the last pair, uh, last the last Tango in Paris. Paris, and the winner was Jack Lemon in Save the Tiger. Save the Tiger. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Nice. Okay, and then uh, best actor in a supporting role, uh, Randy Quaid in The Last Detail, mm-hmm. uh, Vincent Gardina in uh, Bang uh, Bang the Drum Slowly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, Jason Miller in The Exorcist. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's great. He's Jack great. Guilford in Save the Tiger, mm-hmm. right? And Forgotten John Houseman in Save in The Paper Chase, who in was the, the winner. Chase. Paper Chase, Paper Chase, yeah, yeah. yeah. Houseman, man, Houseman. Uh, and then, Houseman. okay, so and then what was the? Uh, those were actors. I want to go to the best. What was the best uh, picture that year? Best picture that year. Seventy four, I think, was a pretty good year. Best foreign was it? The Passenger? No, no. Best picture, okay. Oh, oh, interesting. Interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nominees were The Exorcist, mm-hmm. American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cries and Whispers. That oh, sounds like God, something Bergman. I would make up. Ingrid Berman. Bergman, yeah. yeah. Great one. A Touch of Class. Oh, That's a Wow, I'd forgotten movie. about that one. Yikes. Right? Yeah. And wow. The Sting. And The Sting. Yep. And who won? Touch okay. of. No, the Sting. 
The Sting one. Mm. Yeah, The Sting. Which we kind of came off as like, feels like a TV movie now. It feels like a TV movie. I, lo- I really love The Sting. It feels like a TV movie. I do. It does feel it like is. a TV movie. Yeah. It yeah. definitely feels like, it, it feels TV-ish. It's a, it is a very, very good movie. It is. Um, but it's no... Uh, it's no Butch Cassidy. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no Butch Cassidy. I'll and then what are the best writing? Best writing is The Exorcist that won, by the way. That's kind of, I mean, it is actually a very, very good screenplay. But right. It's kind of shocking that that won. Yeah. Serpico. Mm-hmm. That's the, the Matt, paper. That's a, I'm surprised it didn't win. Yeah. Serpico. Yeah, Serpico is very. Paper Chase. Mm-hmm. Paper Moon. Uh, and yeah, The Last Detail. Jesus Christ, the fucking movies that came We used to make movies, man. Those are real movies, boy. Paper, I'm paper sorry. Movie. I'm sorry. I hate to sound like that guy, but like these, like, what have we done? Chris? The thing, they, we go through. The ghost, ghosted. We've done ghosted. 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 Well, this is like, yeah, okay. So like, this is the, this is the <laughs> sorry. issue. Okay. Before we sound like a bunch of crotchety old dudes, which we are, the, we are very much aware of the, of, of a, tr- of something very, very true, right? Is that in the seventies, uh, there were just as many shitty movies being made as there are now. There was yes. loads of th- there's ghosted galore in the seventies, and there was just as much cocaine, and it's just as much cocaine. But the but like ghosted, all those shitty movies were completely forgotten about by popular history, and we'll never call them back. They were, they will disappear. Ghosted will disappear, and everything. All the shitty movies from 1974 disappeared. However, when you take away all the shitty movies from now, you don't have. The Exorcist leftover. No, <laughs> you don't or Serpico have leftover. or Serpico, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, you have. And you, you do know have why? Occasional greats. Do you know why? Here's my why? theory. Because a lot of the directors um, started out as visual artists and didn't study theater. They're not. Uh, yeah, they're not. Uh, yeah, they're they're not. They they're not writers. Training or, in the theater. Or yeah. the theater people. Yeah, I think that the, I think that's largely all. Those guys were in theater and then right. television and theater. Because and, like I will definitely say like David Fincher is one of my all time favorite directors, but David Fincher is much like Hitchcock. Like Hitchcock is a is a craftsman visual. of visuals and structure, and his movies are incredible, absolutely perfect, flawless things. But anything less than that is uh, when you dial down the quality of David Fincher, you instantly turn into uh, crappy Netflix films. Like That's right. the reason why his movies like girl with the dragon tattoo made any less well than he does turns into girl with the dragon tattoo, the TV movies they made, Yeah, which I apologize to everybody who loves those. The, sp- those, the, me- the Swedish versions were the very Swedish, Swedish versions, versions are sort of mediocre TV movies. Yes, yes. they are. That's it. Like the yeah. story is not so fucking nudity, profound. So that's yeah. a plus, but that's still, that's yes. True. But like, well, like, the thing true. about them, and I'm not trying to be a, be not trying to defend them or whatever, but they are verbatim the book. They are verbatim, the book. right? And the book is very, very good, right? Uh, yeah, I have, I, not, I have nothing. Books, I have nothing to say, right? bad to say about that. I've never. I've no, never, they are verbatim. But in terms the book, of like the t- the TV, right. I'm just like this is just a, this is just a yes. straightforward TV movie. This is right. And then, but what Fincher's doing is he said they already made the Spanish, the, the Swedish version, so right. that's fine. Let that be the verbatim Let that be book. It. I'm right. gonna make an interpretation of this. Right. I'm going to make a Fincher version. I'm, I'm going, going to make, make a Fincher film. And like yeah. every single level, including the screenplay is crafted to within an inch of its life. And that's why it's a great work of art. It's great. Yeah. And yeah, I knew it was like, going to be great when I saw the trailer. Cause he's playing immigrants. Yes. Fucking it's movie. I like and the thing is, I didn't even like that movie when I first saw it. I was like, oh, I know, I know it took like, me a little bit to like, took me, but now, now it's one of my favorites of his. And, but that, that's the thing is like all, everyone, all the great directors now really are great craftspeople. And not um, um, 
uh, stage work people or dramatists. Or dramatists and the interaction yeah. of people. Yeah. And so we don't have the Sydney Lumet of um, of the 2020s right now. You know, and uh, and like it doesn't mean that we can't have it. You know, and like these people are like there's there's people out there who could who could do it. Um, but there's less and less encouragement of that from audiences and to the to the effect where they don't like people don't even know to look for that stuff anymore and then it's reinforced by the algorithm uh saying well you know you'll be bored if there's too much fucking lead up so let's get to the the algorithms and trust me it's going to get worse right because we're going to be slaves slaves to the ai very soon and this is like this is not a this is not a generational issue. This is something I'm deeply affected by myself because, like I've said last episode, like I I I can name the number of novels I've completed in the past two years on less than a few couple of fingers, you know. And that's because I am that so. You only finished a couple of novels. Yeah, that's literally. It. <laughs> that's and a that's weird barely, way of saying barely, what you just barely. said. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I, I could I could I name that in less than one. The number of novels I've read uh, too, but, but uh, like, which is super unusual for me. <laughs> Why not just say two? Well, no, but, two fingers. No. So you read two books. No, I read no, two, less fingers than two fingers worth. <laughs> so one book. Okay, what's the... that's two then? No, <laughs> two fingers worth. <laughs> Let's. We should ask uh, Peter about this. Peter, what do you, Shamu? What do you think about this? The uh, but the, don't get him involved. He's don't... a new <laughs> member of our community. He's a novelist. I should be able to ask him. You guys are getting after You know, you're getting after Shamu and I don't actually Listen. I'm not defending him I don't know the guy but guys you're always like we need more listeners I like him. we I need like more him. listeners and then well, should join, you just should, should join our discord actually yes. Peter Shamu should join our Please, discord and maybe Peter. he will actually be doing see if more you know anybody can send you the link <laughs> look I'm not a defender of anybody but I just you wanted more listeners well we got him okay That's let's right. not That's scare right. them away we, we don't let the fact that he doesn't exist get in the way we have people to, that we have to care about here <laughs> thank you the, uh, the, but like I, I am is I am Very so profoundly fucking distracted by just my smartphone that I, I like reading more than three pages and sitting, I my brain starts to wander all over the place now. Well, you put up two things on our Discord that I should know two two YouTube's over one. One was about snob stuff, which was great. Definitely okay. go check the, that the, out. Yeah, with the wisecrack thing on snobs. Yep. Yeah. Really good. Um and in that in that one he keeps talking about Babylon, how it's a movie that we Everyone missed and should watch. I have Babylon, Babylon Berlin. I love I love all that guy's films. So I've... right, Babylon Berlin. No, uh, no Babylon the movie. Babylon. By, the movie uh, came Damien out Chazelle. last year called Babylon. Yep. And it got really it, what it got shredded. It got, got shredded. Yeah. Why? Um. No. No clear reason. It's no offensive. It's long. Uh, it wasn't the trailer was not. It's, it's a, a bad trailer. Well, it wasn't very bad. Yeah. No, the trailer was okay. It yeah it didn't it wasn't. You didn't know what it was about. Yeah. And so, like, and then when people saw it, they were like, "It's it's sort of like garish and drug fueled, and there's lots of lewdness." And people were hmm. didn't like this, didn't like this, right. didn't respond well. And um, and so, like, I didn't, I just didn't catch up on it yet. I I love Chazelle's movies; I'm a big fan of him, but I just didn't get to see it. And uh, so, I'm not surprised to hear from some people that it's actually quite good. Right. Um, and then the but, second one that you put up was the guy talking about how he finally got around to seeing Blonde and all he thought about was Blonde was really panned by the audience. Yes, still totally And that, and he yeah. puts, he makes, he makes all the points that we've made on Blonde. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a really good video. It's like, yep, you, absolutely. you missed the whole point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, we're up around behind. If you think this is a biopic, you are myopic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like that, that's, that's the thing is I think that we have, 
we have allowed ourselves uh, to get roped into a pretty tight, uh, a very narrow window of what is acceptable uh, yeah. to watch nowadays, and both in terms of time and content. And uh, it's it's our fault. It's the algorithm is the algorithm. It's just trying to make money. It is it is our fault that we do not press against this. Um, and my fault that I don't press against it harder. Um, and, uh, and, and when I see something like last detail and wonder like, where, where is, where's the fucking Hal Ashby of, you know, 2023, um, you know, it's because we don't, we do not upvote Hal Ashby. Hal Ashby does not put up TikToks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and, uh, lost in the algorithm. Yeah. And there's no, there's no way to get that promoted. And the thing is like, I, you know, like I love, I love a lot of TikTok and I don't think there's anything anything bad at all about a uh, quick turnaround flashy like snappy smart funny excellent stuff that's not the problem there's plenty of good tiktoks but there is absolutely no good thoughtful long-form stuff which is something that you get well, a very particular thing out I, of i i beg to differ i think well, there's there's, you know, there's podcasts there's, like martini yes, giants right, that are long format <laughs> and they're and they're very and they're great examples but in streaming me, of our, things our, that our are shorts that, the shorts that i put up that are one minute long get way yes. more views than it's the way it is than the these you long podcast you can listen to the three-hour rant if you want to if, you, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast Make sure and like person. us on t- on, on YouTube. Very person. Thank you, you everybody, you and stuff. including uh, Peter Shamu. That's right, Peter. Yeah. I apologize. I just want to say publicly, I'm sorry for shaming you, <laughs> Peter. Very, thank you, thank you, Dan. That's very nice. Oh, pass it on, please. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I hear he's hot, and I I don't doubt it. Thank you, Peter. You're, you're very kind. You're very. Uh, it's uh, strange. I heard Eric's keyboard clicking just as you that appeared, but yes. <laughs> Uh, no. Guys, working on something else. Guy. I'm doing Wordle. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> doing a Wordle. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for being on. Uh, it was really enjoyable. We, uh, and especially, you know, everyone here. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. I know yeah. that, uh, Peter Shamu certainly did. Uh, <laughs> That's right. and, uh, if you guys, you get some Shamu come back merch next week, Peter, because <laughs> we do want you. We do right. want him. Don't go, don't get shamed away by Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't let, don't let, there you go. Oh, thank you, Jason, the uh, the real person out there. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. Thank you guys. And if you guys want to join our Discord, here's a link to our Discord. Go ahead and click on that. Uh, we'd love to have you on. Oh, uh, and uh, it is it's a lot of fun. We have lots of great conversations on there. And uh, yeah, and it's, but yeah, it's actually getting quite chatty on our. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's no, awesome. every day. It gets richer and richer. Did you see the, the new Z Frank? Oh, God, that was funny. Holy what moly. And disturbing. Very disturbing. He talks about those zombie molds that happen in bugs. It's... Oh, God. I thought I knew all of those things. The mm-hmm. one he describes is the, one the cicada? The, like the fly one where you're. Oh, God. It's, it's so hard. see that. Where is it's this? Hysterical. It's under, under random videos or something like that in their thing. Z Frank is a YouTube. Those of you who don't know, sorry, I distracted me before I went. Yeah. Uh, People Z like Frank, Peter want to know what's going on, so tell them. Uh, <laughs> Z, it's under random links uh, in our YouTube. Uh, Z Frank does these things called true facts about animals, and he'll do these things, and he'll actually tell you. It's very educational. You're really oh, it's great things that you learn about animals or whatever they are or things. But he says all these jokes, and some of them are 
some of the things that you see happen are like horrific. And he describes it while laughing and so doing funny. all these horrible puns. It's it was like, so oh. funny. He's, uh, all these, like, he does this very pompous, ridiculous voice. Like, oh, well, you don't have to look at it that way. You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's wicked funny and sometimes very dirty. And he has this laugh very, very that he does it too. Absolutely. Uh, Jason, Jason said, uh, uh, it's like after watching it, I didn't know if I needed to vomit, wash myself with disinfectant, or just burst out laughing. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yeah, you know, there's a, like it tell, it, there's a there is a fungus that infests flies. Not to bury the lead, but there is a fly in the end of this video that is dragging a dead fly around that is connected to the fly's balls. <laughs> <laughs> if you think that's funny. Then there it is. So for all our highfalutin talk aside about film and the art and the talking about the character, fly balls. <laughs> <laughs> what is, but that is, isn't that basically the inspiration of Last of Us? Like it's about. Yeah. Like Last of Us is yeah. uh, the, the cordyceps stuff in Last of Us is from the, specifically it's from like the ant version of the, where the, right. it explodes the ant's head. This one is, right. this one was way worse. This, I was oh like, my yeah, God. The, the cicadas was, was like. Horrible. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the world really is like, horrible. Anytime you think of like, oh, you know, like the, the, if you're like, for instance, a Christian who believes that uh, God designed every animal, God is a maniac. <laughs> what kind of monster is God? <laughs> yep. The cruel bizarreness of some of these things is just phenomenal. Like nature is fucking, oh man, it's a cackling evil beast. Yep. And designs cruelties beyond imagining. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to sign off. Are you guys ready? Yes. Excellent. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.